Welcome, everyone, to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me here, as always, is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame to his game because he's always the same. That's me. Grumpy, how are you doing on this fine Saturday evening? Okay, I'm surviving. Summer. How about you? He's of summer. I, you know, I can't complain. It's uh things are slow, man. It's it's I mean, it's slow times in the summer, Grumpy is probably the nicest way I'll put it. Slow dog days. days. Dog days actually dog days start in August, but uh I guess you could say the dog days are here at the tail end of July. Yankees and the Mets out of the playoff hunt. Islanders invisible. No no future for them. Rangers suck. Knicks, Nets, they blow. Jets starting training camp, having a couple of scraps. Watch out for the Jets. Giants, Saquon Barkley, just some just blah, blah, blah sports days. What can I tell you? Blah, blah, blah sports days. Got to be creative. Yeah. I, you know, it's, you're not wrong with that. It's, we are in a spot to where things have slowed down, obviously, significantly. The offseason is over for the Islanders. That was what last podcast was. Offseason's over. Come on, let's, you know, let's come to that realization. I guess now, I guess we're we're talking a little bit about expectations for the season. Is it too early, late July, to talk about expectations for the season where he thinks things will transpire? Is it too early to start those conversations, Grumpy? Um, for us, no. But for most people, yes. Right? Oh, man. Yeah, I was about to say, you know, it's I, I don't think we're going to see too much happen, you know, this this last stretch of time before training camp starts, right? Because you're starting to see all the countdowns where it's like, hey, guys, Islander fans, it's only 84 days until the island. I'm like, oh, gosh, it's already started the countdown and the clocks and everybody. Yeah, it's I wouldn't necessarily say I'm excited about the new season. That's think about no. that. I'm not. Uh, I've I've had a, you look at the last ten years, you know, during the beginning of this Lou Lamarillo era, and I'll call it the Lou Lamarillo era instead of the Barry Trotz era. But the 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 Lou Lamarillo era, when we had Barry Trotz as a coach, when things were just starting off, I was excited pretty much every year with Barry Trotz as a head coach for us. Um, you know, and then kind of tailed off, and then uh, we bring in Lane Lambert, and you kind of see how the team is kind of starting to be composed, you know, there's a little less excitement, at least on my end for, for new seasons. And maybe I'm the only one like that, but uh, I don't know. I'm just, I don't, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not giddy with excitement getting ready for this new year. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Grumpy. Maybe other people are excited about the new year. Grumpy. Are you excited about the new year? Uh, No, I'm not. I just, I, I just, I don't think we're going to make the playoffs. I think we're going to be in, Middle of the road team, whatever that is, an average team. We'll beat some teams we shouldn't. We'll lose some teams that we shouldn't. Can Sorokin be as phenomenal as he was last year? Because if he's not, uh, I don't expect the, te- the team to be as productive as they were last year. Um, I mean, really, what do we? Uh, what would we be excited for if the training camp started today? What would you say, man? I'm excited to watch this. Yes, let's talk because I think there's room for optimism in this section. Oh, hold on. Before we jump into that, because I think it's a good section. Before we get started into meat and potatoes in the podcast, 
This is a, for those of you who are new, this is a twice a week All Islanders podcast that takes place every single Wednesday and Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you're new to the channel, there's a few things that we encourage you to do. We encourage you subscribe on YouTube. Actually, we we demand it. No, I'm just kidding. We encourage that you subscribe on YouTube so you don't miss out on any of the further action. We encourage that you like on Facebook and follow on Twitter. And also, if you like the show, you like the podcast, leave a thumbs up. Write yourself a five-star review for Grumpy. Who knows? Apparently, that helps the algorithm. And also, we have a twice-a-week all-sports podcast called TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. It's a show where myself, the Grumpy Old Man, and the magnificent Sun X, we talk anything and everything sports. We go live on Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and just shoot the shit talking sports. We talk NFL. We talk MLB. We talk NBA. We talk NHL. We talk world football. We talk college athletics we talk anything and everything sports on that show it's called tj and the grumpy old man thursdays 9 p.m eastern standard time sundays 8 p.m eastern standard time you could find that in the link in the description below and as a featured page here on our youtube channel so make sure you give that a check out there uh, but yeah grumpy i mean <clears throat> what would i be excited about if training camp started today is it weird to say i would be excited to see what oliver Walster brought to the table Okay. Am I, the only one in that, am I the only one in that spot? I guess you're hoping that he takes the next step. Yeah. I mean, honestly, what would you consider a positive season for Oliver Wallstrom? I consider a positive season for him being consistent. I expect him to be on the power play, a, a fix on the power play for the entire year to be on one of the power, preferably a first power play unit, worst case scenario, second power play unit. I expect him to be on there every single night. I expect him. He's going to start off on the third line. I expect him to work his way up to a top six role. That's what I would expect for him to be a positive season for Oliver Wallstrom, whether it happens or not, that would be a successful year for him. He plays on a power play every single game. He starts off on the third line, which is where he'll probably start. He'll work his way into a top six role, and he ends the season with anywhere between 45 to 55 points. I look at that as a successful bounce-back year for Oliver Wallstrom. Okay. Um, so who's playing on the first line to start the season in your scenario then? I think it's going to be Anders Lee, Matt Barzal, and Bo Horvat. Okay. Well, I know it's not a it, uh, trust me, it's not something to be excited. We talk about w what we are excited about for camp. That's not one of the things I'm excited about for camp, but that's probably what I'm thinking the lineup looks like opening night. Okay, so you're saying 45 to 50 points for Wallstrom. 45 but, to 45 to 55 points. I'd be excited. Okay, well, that's that's a big swing. Sure. I would say 45 points, 25 goals, 20 assists. I'm looking for for him, it's about goals. It's not about set, you know, assist or anything like that. He's not an assess man. How many goals is he going to score? I think 25. He has to have 25 for the Islanders to be more successful than they were last year, potentially. Okay. I don't think he can get 15 or, you know, 18. He's got to have 25. I think he has to be on the power play, just like you said. He should be on the first power play unit, period. I and agree with the story. Is he going to get that opportunity? I don't know. I mean, last year, even before he, you know, had the knee injury, he started off the season pretty well, and then he got demoted and busted down. I guess he's not doing the little things. Hopefully he's learned from that. Uh, he's had some time to reflect. But he, I agree with you, 
he must, by the end of the year, be on the first line. Otherwise, this top team has- six role, however it needs to be done, he needs to be playing at the end of the year. We talked about it last year. He didn't play any power play, but he's only averaging about 12 minutes a night. The kid needs to take the step in order for him to be a success, in my opinion, have a successful year. He needs to be playing 15 plus minutes a night. OK, and I, I agree with that. I agree with that. He can't be just an afterthought guy. He's got to play more than, you know, I mean, Pajot's probably going to get more minutes just because of the situations he plays in. Um, with Parise gone, those are a lot of minutes that are available. Who's going to take those minutes over? That's what I want to know. I hope it's not Pierre Engvall who takes up all those minutes and gobbles all those minutes up. But that's what they look like. He's going to be right. Engvall is going to be cemented in on the second line to start the year. He's he's not going to be on power play though. Who knows what's going to happen regarding he's, that? He's not good enough to be on power play. I've seen Josh Bailey play on the power play under this regime plenty of times, and I th- I say the same exact thing, but somehow they do it. Yeah, I don't I don't see Engvall being on the power play. Last year, when Wallstrom was healthy, they sat Wallstrom, did not play him on the power play, and put Josh Bailey out on the power play over him on the second line. Tells you all I need to know in certain situations. Maybe that's why we're thirty first in the league on the power play. Oh no, it's just because we had the wrong coach. That was all. We just okay. had the wrong coach, and we and we had the wrong systematic, uh, we had the wrong systematic structure, and uh, you know, even though we average between you know middle of the road to below average every year on power play, on average, some years a lot worse than that, some years one year is better than that, but on average, middle of the road to awful. One year we were sixteen. I thought it was thirteen. It doesn't matter. Top third or a okay. middle third. Yeah, and every other year we've been in the mid twenties. I mean, on average, below average. And a lot of people say it's the coach. I say it's the talent. It's just not there. Uh, Yeah, I I mean, that's what I'm looking for. Is the power play going to be able to produce it? You would have to think it would absolutely produce at a higher level than it did last year. I'd like to say yes. How does Scott Mayfield, because it seemed like he took a step back a little bit last year. In the regular season, sure. Yeah. I mean, even in the postseason. I mean, okay, he was not the – here's the thing. Does he lose more? Does he lose another half step? Gotcha. I understand what you're saying. So, you know, I mean, those are things to look out for. If he takes a step back, that's trouble for us. Seven years. Another seven years of Scott Mayfield. I love Scott Mayfield. How's he going to be at 37, 38? Probably not good. I mean, so if the if a power play jumps up, do you think we're as good defensively? I, I don't know. I don't know. I think there's a lot of questions. There's still some questions going into this year, but like getting back kind of on, on the original topic of the question, like the Oliver Wallstrom is something I would be excited about coming into camp. What else I would be excited about? It's it's very limited. It Bull really Duke. is. Bull Duke is the only other guy I'm looking at. I, I would be, yes. And, and here's the thing. I've got reasonable expectations for him. I'm not expecting him to take huge, gigantic leaps and bounds forward in the improvement of his game. But I am expecting him to look competent on the defensive side of the puck and, and, and to limit the amount of times he look like, looks like a liability on the ice. I mean, like that's he's a, he's a bigger body. He skates okay and adequately for a defenseman for his size and um 
seeing how much he progressed in the offseason is is one too. And and what are we going to see from guys like Romanoff, the second year in the system, and, and, and Dobson? What are we going to see from those young guys? What types of step forwards are we, or steps forward are we going to see from those guys? That's where my I'd say excitement is. And I know that one that we haven't mentioned yet that I know I'm sure I have not looked at the comments, but people are probably going to be littering the comment section with is how does Matt Barzal and Bo Horvat look when Matt's hundred percent healthy and they have a little bit of time to gel and have some chemistry. That's, I think the biggest, that is the biggest question of the off season. We talk about how does Wallstrom bounce back? How do the young guys look? How do the young defensemen look this next year? The big thing is, how do the $9 million man and the $8.5 million man on the new contracts look? You know, that that's a big one, I think, too. I think going into the next season, there's more. I think more things have to get better for us to make the playoffs. I agree. As opposed to, oh, well, if something goes bad, it's okay. We can overcome that. I think more, like, I 100% agree. Barzell and Horvat. They have to produce nine point two five million, eight point five million uh, for the next seven, eight years, whatever it is for the two of them. They have to produce. If they don't develop, the, they don't continue with that chemistry that they showed initially. It could be a long year for the Islanders. I, for the life of me, I can't. I think Anders Lee. I think a lot of what happens uh, with a lot of players, can they improve? Is how Lane Lambert puts the team together, who plays with who you talked about defensively. Uh, you know, my thought, you want to get the most out of Dobson. You put him with Pelic. You want to get the most out of Romanoff. You put him with uh Pulak. And for Sam Bullduk, I think for him, he has to show that he can be a bottom pairing guy where it's not going to be Sebastian Ajo. It's going to be Samuel Bullduk. That's that's, I think that's really, really important. Samuel, uh, I'm sorry, Sebastian Ajo is limited. He is what he is at this stage. Bolduc has some upside. Can he rest that job away from Ajo? I think that's important for the team to, to take the next step forward. And can Sorokin be as good as he was last year when he was sensational? That's, you know, everyone would say, well, this guy did this, this guy did this. Sorokin was the only reason we made playoffs last year. Only reason. Yeah. Otherwise, we're on the outside looking in. Maybe we have a new GM. Maybe we have a new coach. Maybe we blew the team up. But no, they kept everybody together. Why? I don't know. You tell me. Um, but I think without Sorokin, this offseason would have looked a lot different. Yes. This offseason would have been blow it up mode. If Sorokin wasn't there, we would have been two years in a row not making the postseason. The only reason we made the postseason and squeaked in was due to Sorokin's fantastic play. Um, I know you'll get some over there. Oh, well, you know, you'll, you'll find some people try to fudge the numbers in order to try to go ahead and say, well, he only played great in games that we blew out teams and games that we lost in a big margin. You know, he didn't come up with the same. It just it's it's like the losers lament. It's like the how can I go ahead and try to try to back up my point that he's an average or a sieve in that. And it's just not the case. He's he's spectacular. I don't think anyone who's objective really thinks that there are people out there who think that. But um, not, not if you're objective. Sure. Not sure. if you're objective, it's not. If you, sure. you know, are goose stepping to the, the Lou and the Lamanites crew, you know, okay, maybe that's what you believe. But I mean, if you just look at it from the outside looking in, he's the reason why we made the playoffs. Period. End of sentence, yep. end of story. He was sensational last year. 
second yeah. in the Vesna Trophy. I mean, think and, about and that. One thing I, I will mention too, and I and I I think it's an easy comparison. Tristarkin and Sorokin always are competing against each other around the same age, around the same area, around the same same talent level. I'll I'll say that out there too. Tristarkin two years ago was magnificent, fantastic. Wins himself a Vesna because he was that great. This last year, Tristarkin didn't play at the same level. We knew he wasn't going to play at the same level, but he did not play at the same level. Why are we saying? Could we see Sorokin take maybe a little bit of a step backwards or not play at the same exact fantastic caliber? It's just really tough to have your goalie finish top three in Vesna voting year after year after year after year. It's a really hard ask. And if you're going to rely upon your goalie to be top three in the NHL every single year, year in and year out, that guy's a Hall of Famer. It's that simple. And the only guys who play at top three level every single year for an extended time period are Hall of Fame caliber goalies. And so, you know, unless we have, and here's the thing, it's early yet in Sorokin's career. It's early in Shosturkin's career. I think Shosturkin, right, having won the Vez, it makes it a little bit more appealing to make the Hall of Fame if he plays long enough. But for Sorokin, you know, unless he's a Hall of Fame caliber goalie that we're witnessing every single year, you could see a little bit of a step back from him this next year. And it wouldn't disappoint me either because you have to have a reasonable expectation to expect the goalie to finish top three and the, and the best goalie in the entire universe competition. Essentially. I just think it's an unrealistic expectation at times. I think Sorokin's great, but I don't have the expectation every year. He's going to be one of the top three goalies in the, in, in the league. Goaltenders who are ultra consistent, Luangos, Raws, Brodors, uh, Hassocks. They were like that because that's why they're in the Hall of Fame. That's why they're all Hall of Fame goaltenders. So most goaltenders still have, I mean, even just Starkin. I mean, his numbers were still good last year, really good, but he took a little bit of a step back. I mean, can we see that from Sorokin? I think so. I mean, their numbers are really sim similar. But Sorokin was phenomenal. Um, and Shesterkin wasn't as phenomenal as he was the year before. So, yeah. And I, I just, know. I'll pull this up here too, right? You look at him the year before, a 935 save percentage in the 2021 2022 season when he won the Vesna and a 207 goals against average, led the NHL in goals against. And you see here the year after, well, and even look at the rookie year, only 12 games. Really great save percentage. Well, okay, nine sixteen save percentage is good, right? I'm not complaining about a nine sixteen save percentage, but it's not a nine thirty five, right? It, there's a difference between leading the NHL and save percentage and goals against average to where I'm kind of upper middle of the pack where Shosturkin was this last year. And Sorokin, if he takes a step back and he's only if let me put it like this: if Sorokin's posting a nine sixteen save percentage this year, we do not make the postseason. Yeah. I think I feel very confident when saying that he saved so many more goals than he was expected to, to concede that if, if he, if that drops a significant way, I mean, you're talking about what could be the difference of like 12 or 13 more goals in the back of our net over an 82 game season. We don't score enough goals where I feel confident to say, yeah, we can go ahead and give away another 13 goals and still feel confident about making the postseason. I mean, if you look at Sturkin's numbers, the goals that's against that's average, that's yeah. fine. It's like 2.5. 2, 2.68, 2.57. The outliers, the 2.07. Yep. And like I said, I'm not saying he's a crappy goalie because he's not. He's really good. But sometimes somebody has a career year. 
Now, if you take a look at Sorokin's numbers, you know, you're going to maybe see a little. Now, of course, it's one more year, but you're looking at his numbers, right? 2.17, Save percentage has been better over the course of those three, two, three years than it has been for Sesterkin. Can he keep that up? Can he continue to have a you know a high nine to ninety two plus save percentage? That's hard to do. Yep, year in year out, it's really tough to do. And so, he's going to get the lion's share of the work for the Islanders. If he what, does that over the major, I'm sorry to interrupt, but if he does that over the majority of his career, he will make the Hall of Fame. Sorry, go ahead. Let's say he has a goals against average next year of two point four eight and a save percentage of nine one nine. That could be just enough where the Islanders don't make the playoffs. And it's still a really good year. Yeah. But, like I said, he was absolutely phenomenal last year. Spectacular. He was. Spectacular. Uh, and, you know, he's, how many times did he just single-handedly win us games? I mean, I can't tell you how many times. He was just that good. Yep. When you finish in the heart, ninth place in voting <laughs> – as a goal, as, as a goalie for MVP in ninth place for a team that barely squeaks into the playoffs, you're doing a hell of a job. So, for anyone who doesn't think he's the reason we made the playoffs, he's your—he's the only guy on your team who even got any heart consideration. He was top ten as a goaltender, top ten. I'm going to bet that uh, who won the Vesna last year was Olmark, right? Yes. I'm—I I'm, wonder if he was even top ten in heart trophy. No. Omar was 10th. I mean, okay. he was 10th. He's one below. So he okay. was below. Think about this 127 votes for Sorokin. Just to kind of throw out the names where he's around, right? He had the most votes for the MVP out of any goaltender. I always think that's funny, right? He had the most votes out of any goaltender for an MVP, but doesn't win the best goalie. <laughs> you know, well, hey, the video game numbers that Omar put up obviously inhibited that. But I mean, like you're looking at the guys who are around him. Seventh was Leon Drysaddle, Jack Hughes at eight, Omar at 10, Connor Hedelbeck at 11, Nikita Kucherov at 12, Mitch Marner at 13, Tage Thompson at 14, Eric Carlson at 15, Austin Matthews at six. I mean, he's in really fantastic company. I mean, that's the nicest way you can put it. And like I said, MVP, the Hart Trophy, it's not numbers. It's not a numbers thing. It's about most valuable player for the team. And that tells you all you need to know. I mean, you know, we've had people on this show. They shall remain nameless. <laughs> but a, a certain leader of the Lamanites where doesn't think that Ilya Sorokin's that good. Compares him to Kirk Cousins. And I, I just think the rest of the league, as well as myself and you, TJ, tend to look at it a little bit differently. So anytime you're hearing stuff like that, Take it with a grain of salt because let's be honest, he was sensational. No other Islanders even got a sniff of a vote for right. MVP. Not even What's a the sniff. last time an Islander has received a heart trophy vote. I'm interested on that. And, you know, I guess you I could. No, Tavares, Tavares in the year that Jamie Benn won. I think Tavares was second. Think about that, though. It's been seven years or six years. Six years? What did John Tavares leave six years ago? I don't remember the year that he came in second to Jamie Ben, or I think he was in the running. I think he was second in points. It was that he, I think he had 87 points. Ben had 89 or something like that, whatever year that was. But I think that was a year that he, you know, certainly garnered a heart trophy recognition. But that's it. I'm looking here. 
um, the last year he had any, he, he finished 13th in heart voting 2015, 2016. Okay. He finished third the year before that. Yeah. That's that was the year. That was the year. I think he came in second in scoring and third in the heart trophy. That's it. Yep. That was 2014, 15. Okay. That was the year. Did we beat the Florida Panthers the 2014-15 season in the first round of the postseason? I want to say it was 15-16. Okay, maybe it was. I don't know. The shitty years all blend together in my opinion, but <laughs> But I mean, think about this. It's the first time a player I feel Oh, he did receive. Yeah, this is the first time an Islanders received. I'm, I'm wondering if do you think Matt Barzal received any No, he couldn't have as a rookie. No. Nope. I think this is the first time we've had a player receive substantial heart voting and 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 in his top uh, you know, top 10 since heart voting or top 10 in heart voting since 2014, 15. Matt Barzell might've got some votes, but not enough to make it relevant. Yeah. Not. Yeah. I mean, certainly not top 10. Yeah. I mean, just, but what does it say about our talent level? We really don't have the good teams have guys who are right at the top every single year of guys who are for league MVP. They, they just do. Why? The best players produce their teams are better. We don't have that because our team's not very good. Our players aren't very good. The GM keeps doubling and tripling down on guys who just aren't very good. Sorry. Bo Horvat, has he had, ever had any recognition for Hart Trophy? No. I wonder. Maybe Bo Horvat got some this year. I'm going to guarantee you no for Bo Horvat. He disappeared after the trade. And Vancouver sucked. Yeah, he didn't get any Hart votes. Yeah, he didn't deserve any. Yeah. You know who else didn't get? Pierre Engvall didn't get any. What? Pierre Engvall didn't get any Hart Trophy votes? Brock Nelson didn't get any. Anders Lee didn't get any. I mean, no, that's just that's just facts. It is. But, you know, this, this year, right, we talk about what margins look like. I think a lot of teams in our division specifically took steps forward this offseason. I really think they did. Uh, and... You know, I think for some of the teams in our division, the the offseason's not over, right? You keep hearing about, hey, there's a lot of interest in Eric Carlson. Does that deal get done? Who knows? Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's really hot for him. Yeah, and but you know, sometimes things don't actually happen. You know, it it can, but sometimes they don't happen <laughs> the way they're the way people expect them to. You know, and well, and that could be one. Okay, Grump. San Jose absolutely wants to move him. I just think it's about putting the pieces together. I know Carolina wants him as well. Uh, talk about an embarrassment of Richards uh, uh, down in Raleigh, honestly, <laughs> if he goes there. He had over 100 points as a defenseman on a shitty team. Yep. I mean, he was in the he was in the MVP vote top 15. Finished below. Below Ilya Sorokin. Sorokin. Why? Because San Jose sucked. Yep. He was the whole team last year, but they, they were terrible. The Islanders made the playoffs, and it was all due to Sorokin. If the Islanders had a better team around Sorokin, I I bet you this. I bet you his numbers look a little better, and I bet you maybe he wins the Vesna. Agreed. Even with a lower goals against, even with a even with a higher, I'm sorry, even with a goals against average, maybe not as good as Olmark, and a save percentage, it might not be as good as Olmark. I think that if the team was better, and he put up slightly better numbers because he had better defense. They had more run support or more more goal support around him. He would have maybe won the Vesna this last year. I think the thing that makes Sorokin more valuable than Omark was last year is the fact that Omark and Swayman had 
virtually a 50-50 split in games. Yes, exactly. I mean, his numbers were better than Swayman's, um, but everyone knew. Uh, he. I mean, he was the highest rated. No, Pasternak, I think, was higher up. Um, and Pasternak had a great year last year. He yes. really did. But, you know, for Boston, he was absolutely a valuable uh, piece for them last year. Got injured in the playoffs. That was the end of Boston. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the whole thing, injuries. We've been pretty healthy yes. year, after year after year. One guy, we don't usually don't have a rash of injuries. One or two guys. We're missing one guy off our team with injury last year in the postseason. One guy, and that was Oliver Wallstrom. You could say maybe Matt Barzal was banged up. He swears up and down he wasn't. To me, it he looked was. like he was. To me, it does, but he told us he didn't. But I'm, I still think he was injured. Just my opinion on the subject. But he said he wasn't. But, you know, we've looked at the last few years we've gone to the postseason when we have. We've been a very healthy team when we make the postseason. We have. So that's that's credit to the guys in the room, knowing their bodies and to the training staff. Sure. Uh, Without a doubt. That's uh, that's all on them. It's the, the players and the training staff. We might have a little injury, but how many we don't miss a whole lot of, uh, you know, man games during the season. We just don't. Let me let me ask you this, Grumpy. In order for Matt Barzal and Bo Horvat to be a success, that line combination to be a success, what type of production do you need to see out of them? And and here's the thing. Some guests on the show or some people, they'll try to go ahead and leave themselves some wiggle room. You're not one of those type of people. That's why I figured I'd ask you. I'm just looking. How many goals, assists, how many total points do we need to see from guys like Matt Barzal and Bo Horvat in order for them to be deemed as a success this season? Let me just put it to you this way. I, and I was going to ask that before you asked me that question. I'm going to say, to me, the biggest thing that needs to be identified and clarified early in training camp is who is going to be on the left wing to yes. make that line as productive as it can be. Is it going to be an Engvall? Is it going to be maybe sliding a fashing up there? Is it going to be, you know, it's not going to be Holmstrom, but is it going to be, is it going to be a Wallstrom? They have to identify that right away. That's the biggest question going into training camp, in my opinion. You have the same cast and crew as last year. You should know everyone. If you want to get the most out of Dobson, you put him with Pellick. Uh, those are just, you know, you want, you want, you asked earlier, can Dobson, what, uh, you know, can he take the next step? Not if you're playing with Bolduc or with Romanoff. He's got to play with Pellick. Then you're going to get the benefit of him being able to uh, flex his offensive muscles. For that first line, who can we put on that first line that makes it go? I think it has to be someone who can skate. I just think that because I mean, Bo Hor- Horvat is he's a little bit above average as a skater, slightly above average. Sure, he yeah. he he hustles. Let me put it to you that way. Yep. He's not the greatest skater, but he hustles. He still is. He he still sometimes he dogs it a bit, but I think sometimes he really hustles out there. Depends on the night. I don't I don't think he dogs it. But here's the thing, Dog. honestly, Zach Parise ten years ago, if he was ten years younger, would have been perfect for that first line. Yeah, perfect for it. Yeah, he can't do it. He couldn't do it last year. He can't do it anymore. Third line guy, fourth line guy. It's what he is. Now he's not even on the team. What that's, type? Of, let me get back on topic. Oh, finish. But I want to get back on topic. On okay. What, on what the that's, question is. That's going to be a deceptively big loss for the Islanders. Yes. And you know, I was not for signing him. What is it? Three years ago now, I was sure. not. I'm like, of course, the contract made it feasible because it was nothing, but still. 
he's going to be a big loss. I'm not saying in the room, but on the ice. Lead by example guy. Who takes that step up? I, I don't know. And to me, that's the biggest question. You want to know points. Um, and it's, it's all depending on who they put on left wing. If you put Anders Lee over there, that anchor, they won't be as productive as they should be. It it just won't work. But I would say for a successful season, Barzell has to be a point of game guy. Has to have 80 and uh, Horvat has to have 70. I think those are just must, must happens if that line is to be where we think it should be. I'm going to go a step above. I'll be honest with you. You brought him in. You see the power play points. You see the production. For it to be successful, Matt's got to put up 90 points, in my opinion, in the year. I, 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 here's what I'm hoping happens. Matt Barzal puts up 90 points. Bo Horvat's around a point-of-game guy. What I think probably happens is different. I think Bo, Bo is probably around a 60, maybe 65-point-a-year guy, and I think Matt Barzal hovers around a point-of-game average. And for me, that's like borderline. Is it really? Because when we talk about it, when it gets down to the, the, the brass tacks, is having guys who maybe average a point a game, is that worth $9.25 million and $8.5 million? I don't if, know. If you're a point a game guy, I, I, think, I, I think Bo Horvath will be overpaid. Matt Barzell yes. drives the offense, though. That's not what Horvat does. And I like Bo. Everyone knows I like Bo Horvat, but he's not at the line driver. Just not. He needs someone to feed him the puck for him to be productive. You get paid based on what you bring to the offense. And for the Islanders, Matt, Bar Matt Barzell brings the only creativity the team has. When you're leaning on Pierre Engvall as your second most creative forward, your team sucks creatively just does sure. i mean those are just facts i mean i i hate to say like that to people because they you know they want to live in their bubble of believe land of fantasy land but in reality pierre engvall on, on a good team he's a he's a bottom six guy i would expect they're going to give bo horvat every single opportunity to be successful where in vancouver he was not the guy if that makes sense and that's why my expectation for him is higher. You, you know, some might say, why am I expecting a guy who I've been on record saying multiple times, I think is around a 60 point a year guy. Why would I expect him to produce more on the Islanders than in Vancouver? I, I think in Vancouver, they had a lot of other fantastic forwards. They were able to rely upon where Bo Horvat was not the guy with the Islanders, with the trade and the signing that we went ahead and, and the re-signing we had for him. He's being paid like the guy, and he was traded and acquired like he was the guy. So for me, if you're going to be the guy, you got to step up and be the guy. If you got to be that guy, and Matt Barzal is a, we know what he can do. If he's paired with the right, the right players who have chemistry, I think it could definitely be done. But it's just, hey, does does that mesh like it did before the injury? Or does that mesh like it did in the postseason where it was kind of like, okay, it's kind of puttering around. We're looking at a really small sample size of seven games that we're trying to we're trying to grasp at and say, great, look at the production they had over seven games. Maybe they can continue that over an 82-game stretch. And in reality, that seven-game stretch could have just been a little bit of a hot, a hot time period for them. They're going to have hot and cold times throughout the year. Yeah, I, I'm going to believe that Barzell is going to bounce back. Uh, to me, the key is getting a left wing who can skate. And that's why I'm not all on Oliver Wallstrom. 
playing on the first line. I know I said, you know, he should be there at the end of the day, but I'd start off the year without a doubt with a Hudson Fashing or Casey. I mean, you can plug and play anybody on the fourth line, right? Let's be honest. But someone who knows what their strengths are, we drive the net. We, you know, we give the back uh, the puck to Barzell. We move our feet. We get there. We're going to get the pass back. They looked good because they use their feet. They have wheels. That's what Matt Barzell needs. You can't have Anders Lee on that side if you're going to have Bo Horvat in the center. Can't do it. You're going to kill whatever drive there is on that line. You're going to kill the pace. We have to have at least one line with pace. It's got to be that first line. Barzell. Horvat and you know, and like I said, that's why I wanted a top line left wing to come in. That's why I wanted Johnny Gaudreau last year. I was oh, it never would have worked. Yeah, it would have worked. Absolutely, it would have. Those guys move the puck and they move their feet. That's what that's what we need. Something like that to go with Matt Barzell. That's the biggest question going into next season. Can we find some a left wing who can produce? Who's not same old, same old? Anders Lee on that first line, no. Let me ask you this. What else would you be excited about coming to camp? Because I think we've named them, and maybe we're missing something. We named the progression we see out of some of the younger guys, like Noah Dobson, Romanoff, Samuel Bulduke. What do they look like? The bounce back from an injury of Oliver Wallstrom. What does he look like coming back? Does he take steps forward? Does he find a spot in the lineup where he could be a mainstay? Does he find you know power play success? Uh, and I think what we see from Matt Barzal and Bo Horvat, right? Those are the spots I think where we can have optimism where we can think there can be improvements in those areas. Is there anywhere else on this team where you think there could be significant improvement or improvement worth excitement? No, no, that's it. It's the same guys in their thirties playing the same positions every year. They do the same production every single year. They are what they are. They're ham and eggers, just a bunch of Jags, jabronis, if you will. And, you know, heaven forbid, Rock Nelson takes a little bit of a step back. He's had three years in a row where it seems like he continues to have career year after career year after career year. And, Mike, hey, if if he stays on this pace, man, he's going to be over a point a game guy this next year, just based off of how quickly he's been continuing to improve his point production. When Barzell went out, he got a lot more ice time. Yes, I think so, too. So that's not going to be the case this year. You know, when they need an offensive line out there, it's not going to be Nelson's line. It's going to be Bar, um, Barzell, Horvat, and player X on the left wing. Yeah, let's go ahead and jump into our ad read here and then look at some comments. Um, today's podcast is brought to you by DraftKings. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the promo code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Again, that's promo code THPN for, and again, it's MLB season time, Grumpy. But if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gambling helpline um, M, uh, MA.org and New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. And Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. And West Virginia, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games are regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with the Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in Connecticut. Help is available if you have a gambling problem at 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. You must be 21 years or older in eligible states. 
Um, but uh, age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details on specific or state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost eligible per game. Opt-in is required. Um, a maximum bet of $50. You get a 10-plus 10, 10 leg required for 100-point boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. See the terms at uh, sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Nice. Nice read. Nice pace. I know. We've been having the same one for a while because it's the dog days of summer. But Grumpy, I feel like i got to mention this. This Wednesday... Grumpy Greg Prado is going to be on the show. He wanted me to check. Did you get both of the books that he sent you or just get the one book? Grumpy? I got them both. You read the punk rock and the heavy metal grumpy or just the heavy metal? No, I read them both. I read them both. I'm, I question where some of these songs were placed in which book. I think he was playing a little bit fast and loose with the rules of punk rock myself. What's punk rock grumpy? You know, like The Clash, um, particularly early, uh, Richard Helm, The Voidoids, um, The Ramones, uh, The Sex Pistols. That's punk. So a lot of the stuff I consider new wave. I would love to see a new wave book from uh, from Greg. I'm going to I'm going to get on him about that. You're going to give him an idea what he needs to write about next. New particularly, wave. particularly since I get the book ahead and I get to review it and I get to keep it and it's free. Uh, I absolutely want to do something that I'm interested in. There it is. I want to put out more Islander stuff, Grumpy. I want, and that's, that's, that's how we originally ran into Greg. He, he's got, he's got the fantastic book about the Islander dynasty time period. Which was excellent. Time. Was excellent. Love that book. Yeah, and it still it, is. It's it's told from the perspective of you know you hear the words right from the horse's mouth like the writing style is more that of asking it's, questions. Uh, that that's people. right. Go ahead, Grumpy. It's, it's asking where the the writer, Greg, I guess, or someone more important than him, uh, ask the players and the coaches and their families and whoever GM throughout the organization um, for whatever time period it was, and they ask them specific questions and they give them their own answers and you know it's interesting you kind of get a you feel oh players kind of like this and you listen to them talk it's like ah interesting seems like something totally different there's not it's not where you're reading it and you have to worry about really the author's the author narrative opinion and narrative being imposed upon the book it's not Greg trying to disseminate what the person said and does this mean that and this. You're hearing it straight. It's it's more of you're hearing it straight from the horse's mouth as to what they're talking about. But it tells a story and goes in an order that tells a story. The questions are designed to tell the story. So, I mean, that's that's how originally we found Greg. And, and you know, we love having him on there talking about old Islanders, talking about the Islanders, talking about like Grumpy likes talking about some rock and roll. But he'll be on Wednesday. Um, also worth mentioning next Saturday, there will be no show. I'm sorry. Uh, there will be no show this next Saturday. What are you doing on next Saturday, TJ? Cause I know it's not because of me. Yes, I will be out of town again. I'll be out of town going on a little bit of a fishing adventure. Grumpy fishing, a fishing adventure. I, you know, here's the funny thing. I haven't gone fishing in over a decade, but I'm like, well, ah, you know, people are like, oh, like, like, hey, hey, come go fish with us. I'm like, okay, I'll come. It's a dog days of summer. I'll come. I can take a Saturday to go fishing. I feel like so. So you're trying to say you like seafood? 
here's the thing. I don't eat seafood unless I'm on the coast. So unless I'm like, unless I'm towards North Carolina visiting a beach or something grumpy, I'm not eating seafood. That's simple. So I disagree. I think because I think everything you see, you eat. Ah, seafood. There it is. That's an old, old joke. <laughs> and I can't, I actually think I've used it on you before and you still fell for it. I do what I can. Uh, Anthony Rizzi says, what can we possibly talk about tonight? What a joke of a roster this is. What a pitiful job Lou's done in the last two years. I'm clueless. Um, uh, not looking forward to this season at all with the same lineup. Yeah, I agree, that's, Anthony. That's interesting. How does the the fan base look at it? I know the smart fans, they're like, like Anthony, they're not enthused. I mean, how long before we have ourselves a seven, eight, nine, ten game losing streak before the rest of the, you know, the Lamanites start questioning the things that uh, Lou has done? I don't know, because you know it's coming. But I mean, honestly, are you excited for the season coming up? I'm not. That's how I started off the show. I'm not in a yeah. spot where I'm excited like I was in years past. I wasn't excited for last year. I'm even less so excited for this year. I think a lot of times excitement for the new season comes based on how the old season ends and what we do in the off season. That's right. I think it's more what you've done to improve the team in the off season. When you've done nothing to improve your team, I don't see how you can get excited. We didn't end on a high note last year, right? If you ended on a high note and you said, oh, wow, we got we, we, we found our way into the playoffs, but it's our first time making the playoffs in 10 years, and we've got a whole bunch of young players who are continuing to improve, and we've got this piece that we expect to take a next step forward, and you, know, and you add in some pieces in the offseason, you have a reason for excitement. When that's not the case, it's tough to be excited about, Grumpy. Uh, very, very difficult. Very, let me very ask you this, Grumpy. I, I didn't ask you at the beginning of the show, but why are you wearing a New England Patriots shirt? Is there a reason for that? Well, it's kind of faded, as you could tell. <laughs> yes, I can tell. I'm like, what the heck? It's an old, like, it looks like you've worn it so many times the letters have started to run. Actually, no. It's I actually kind of bought it like this. It's like a faded look. But I think it's apropos to wear on the show tonight because – Patriots were a once great organization led by the greatest of all time. But now, you know, under the same general manager who, you know, rolls it back, runs it back year after year, they're kind of faded and they're probably the worst team in their division. And I just think this uh, general managers get to be in their seventies slash eighties. Their careers have kind of faded. And I feel that's kind of where the Islanders are right now as well. I think, you know, and we made that comparison. I don't know if we made it. Do we make it on this show or do we make it on the, TJ and the Grumpy Old Man Show. We made the comparison. I think on the TJ and the Grumpy Old Man Show. Yeah, we had talked about that, and I think kind of in depth about we're in a spot to where, just like Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick was at one point, right, the greatest general manager out there in sports, in football, definitely in football, but maybe you'd say even you'd make an argument in sports. And there was a time period when Lou Lamarillo was the greatest general manager out there in hockey. One of the many, many, many years ago. Well, when he was winning ones. for the Devils, I'd say he was probably the best general manager, if not close to it, sure. Top five. Top five. I acknowledge top five. Yeah, exactly. He's he's at the top of his craft. And so was Bill Belichick. And just like with the just like with what you've seen with the Patriots, how miserable they've been as of recent, they did not do a good job of pushing Bill out when he needed to be pushed out. 
when he was kind of when when the line when the line's done and and the success is over where you need new blood where you need to change a little bit about what the direction is the patriots haven't moved them out the Islanders haven't moved out Lou Lamarillo. Both were great at one time, but there's a time period where it comes. You have to take the next step forward, and you've got to turn the page. I'll say the difference between Lamarillo and the Islanders and Belichick and the Patriots is Belichick has the cachet with six Super Bowl titles. Yes. Lou Lamarillo, all, all with the Patriots, might I add. Right. All with the Patriots, all you know, with Brady, quarterback. But still – he was the GM and coach of those teams. So he gets a little bit, he gets more rope than Lamarillo done. What is what has Lamarillo done with the Islanders? Made it to Eastern Conference Finals. That's yep. it. I mean, the biggest thing I want to say about, and it's about as you get older, and I can tell you that from personal experience, you kind of get set in a certain way you do things. Sure. You look at Belichick he has seven guys on his roster who just pay special teams. They're not talented enough or good enough where you could just sign special team guys, particularly in the salary cap era. And what, what does Lamarillo do? He signs up. He likes veterans. He likes a veteran group. So he just locks guys up long-term regardless of their talent level, their age, their skill set, And he locks them up long-term. Sometimes that's kind of a blind spot. Well, we want to get the same team back. Your team hasn't won anything. Why would you want to bring everyone back? You see it in New England. You're seeing it in the Islanders. The Devils saw it with Lou Lamarillo when he was there. Toronto saw it for a year or two, and they said, "Uh uh-uh, nope, not buying into this. They kicked him upstairs where he wasn't able to do that. Something you should really need to pay attention to that. Rick Roma here, Grumpy. Lou named Stanley Kowalski. Hey, Stella! Head coach of Brisport. It might seem like laziness on Lou's part, but I think he just doesn't care about the AHL team. He never cared about them in New Jersey either. Comments? Here's the thing. I think he cares because his son's name is attached to the AHL team, but that's the extent to If his son was not there, sure, I'm 100% down on board with that. But just simply because his son's there, and I think we've talked about this before. I've never seen a guy speak so highly of hey, you're gonna have to ask. You're gonna have to ask Fredo. The GM of the AHL team. He spotted that talent for us. We're so fortunate to have him as a part of our staff. I I cannot recall the last time NHL general managers, and especially if they only speak to the press a very finite amount of times, they speak to the press. You can count it on one hand every single year, maybe five times a year that he starts talking about the AHL general manager. What a fantastic job they've done. So I'd say the only reason he cares about Bridgeport is to make sure his son still is looked at in a positive light to make sure that he can have that next opportunity when daddy retires. That's what I think though. I just, uh, yeah. Fredo, Hunter Lamarillo, whatever you want to call him. I don't know. Just a failure. Um, Anthony Rizzi says, can we start the chant for Lou must go now? Okay. I'm going to, the people who go to the games, I'm going to put you to task. We need to have a chant that Lou must go is kind of generic. It has to be something creative. I've been thinking on it, but it's tough. It's tough to come up with something that's kind of funny, but would get out there to the people. We have to come up with a good champ by before the start of the season. I don't know what it is. Lou must go. I don't know. That's been done before. Mike must go. 
Snow must go. Snow must go. Just don't insert name and just put must go on. It's got to be something creative. As a matter of fact, if we have any Duke graduates, uh, I'd like to see you put your nose to the grindstone of this. Those Duke kids were really, really good at coming up with creative chants against players and coaches. And Jarrell says, I don't know either. Um, so TJ and Grumpy, TJ and Grumpy, what topics do we have tonight? Just hey, we were talking positive tonight. What can Try. we be excited about? What can we do to make the team as successful as possible? Besides, you know, not go to games and have the uh, you know ownership get rid of Lamarillo. Hmm. But you know, maybe some positive things, what we're looking forward to, what what needs to happen for us to be a better team. The it's not even the Islanders that I'm worried about. It's the other teams behind them who have gotten infinitely better. Florida will be better next year. Florida's not coming in eighth next year. That's not happening. Buffalo will make the playoffs. Book it. Book Buffalo for the playoffs. JP here, Grumpy. I know Guy Marr goes the first minute of that music, but who does the next track? I have no idea what you're even talking. I uh, thought maybe you knew a little bit about what the tracks were. Anyway, um, James F. What's up? He says, hey, guys, Lou must go yesterday on time today, says James. Um, Relatively for TJ. Hey, I'll take it. We'll take it. Uh-oh. Echo issues. Oh, man. Uh, okay. Not grumpy. I hope not. I hope there's no echo issues. Um, Anthony Rizzi says, five stars to you guys for even having a podcast now. Dead of summer. No news at all. It's tough. That's why we're kind of relaxed. Today we're just kind of relaxed, laid back, you know, hey, kicking back, talking a little <laughs> bit Islanders hockey. What do we have to look forward to? Maybe we'll change uniforms again. Who knows? Probably not. Remember last year I think we talked about uh, the uh, retro jersey. It wound up being a bust. But yeah. at least it was something we were considering. Yeah. I still wish they would have done a different one. We'll find hey, the finding topics to discuss is our job. You know, we'll always find something to keep conversation going um mikey d grumpy oh gosh this is good the phil's facts side of twitter I, like i said just being object i just want people to be objective number one we're fighting for a top spot okay objectively oh, top spot of what uh, uh in division i guess oh. Obje obje top spot of what that's what i'm saying a top spot of what top spot of maybe uh, what just be objective do you think you're beating Carolina? No. You haven't beaten them in five, six years. Are you beating the Devils? Nope. They're going to be improved next year. I think the Devils might take a step back in the regular season, but in the postseason, Maybe. a much better constructed team. If they get John Gibson or Connor Hellebuck, they're not taking this. They're going to take a step forward. I agree they, with that. They could win division. You remember, they and Carolina were like this close. And you talk about how they're compared to at least the Islanders, right? They when they brought in Timo Meyer, do you expect Timo Meyer to play as miserable as he did the rest the, the rest of the season? Right? We use the same argument. Hey, there's no way Bo's going to play that bad. We think Bo's going. I'm sure they're thinking the same exact thing about Timo Meyer. But yeah, so I I think that's a team that going to be around the same exact point total this year as they were last year, and that's a team that where they're very young. I'd expect guys to take steps forward. But go ahead. I'm sorry, Grumpy. Continue. Julian Goff, uh, uh, who else? The Rangers. Do you think the Rangers were going to catch? We were 15 points behind the Rangers. Do you I mean, the Rangers kept everybody that they wanted, and they added Blake Wheeler, who's a good player. You know, it's funny. A lot of these uh, issues are, um, 
I call them laundry fans. If a team is signed, if a player is signed by your team, uh, he's great. If he's signed by another team, he sucks. And those are like laundry fans. Whatever te- whatever laundry they're wearing, you're wearing the Islander laundry, you're the greatest thing ever. Julian Gauthier, stop. St- hard freaking stop. He's a fourth liner. He's a fourth line guy, okay? So who does he knock out? Maybe he's good enough to take a fourth line spot. Can he play center? Move Casey to the first line? I don't know. Maybe. But to expect anything more from Gauthier than that, I think you're delusional at this. He's a fourth-line guy. Couldn't even play for the Rangers. He goes to Ottawa. He's a fourth-line guy. That's what he is, a bottom-pairing guy, bottom bottom six guy. Okay, we're not catching the Rangers. Okay, Pittsburgh's going to beat us. If Pittsburgh gets Carlson, Pittsburgh makes playoffs. We don't make playoffs, period. Washington. All right, they made some improvement. At least they've done something. I think we could still beat Washington out, and I think that we will definitely beat Phil- out Philadelphia and Columbus. But let's say Columbus surprises and takes a, takes a big step. The Fantanelli kid comes out and is lighting it up. Goudreau has a, a really good second year. Maybe he's more comfortable there. Fantelli. Fantelli, I'm sorry. Um, maybe Goudreau's wife's got a better schedule at the hospital. That's why they went there, right? So maybe that'll help too. I mean, I can't see Columbus beating us out, but hey, you never know. So I don't, honestly, I see us being fifth in division. And as opposed to conference, no shot at making playoffs. None. None. You have to, you're expecting no one to step up and the Islanders to improve just because they have a bunch of older guys on the team. We've done nothing to improve our our team in the offseason. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Hmm. And now I can't find it, of course, now, but I think they came out with top prospect pools and the NHL and the Anders were, I think, dead last or second to last. We don't have a prospect pool. Yep. That's my point, right? People Maggio, William DeFore. Hey, Bruce Laney. We were, I think, last in the NHL uh, where our prospect pool is or second to last. It was it was pretty it was pretty embarrassing. And then you have prospect pool rankings don't matter. Well, it's true the rankings don't matter, but it is a reflection on how teams around the league view your team and the players that can step into your lineup. Yep. They're not just saying, oh, it's the Islanders. Let's put them last. No. I mean, objectively, once it, just be objective. If people are objective and just think rationally, and none of Phil's, none of Phil's people think like that. He'll spew out some bullshit. And they just slurp it right up. Why? Because they want it to be successful. That's that's why they don't believe it. That's why they want to listen to Phil like he's a voice in the wilderness. We are the voices in the wilderness, right? But here's the thing. They think that the Islanders have been bad for so long. We hear them on this show. They've been bad for so long. We're just happy. This is gravy time. We make the playoffs. No. Sorry. And prospect pool rankings, while they don't matter, like I said, once again, they're indicative of you, the next phase of your team. Right now, we don't have a phase. We, we're dead last for a reason. Yes, and he said, yep, they're in short, they're stoked for mediocrity. Absolutely, Mikey. Nick sure. T said, Teacher Grumpy, how are you guys doing tonight? How are all the grumpy groupies doing? It's a nice, hot night, and I'm sure the cul-de-sac crew is in full swing barbecue party. I bet all those barbecues are over at Josh Bailey's house now. 
Um, Rickroma said, "Never mind. I had to podcast up twice. I'm dumb. Oh, go- oh, okay, gotcha." JP says, um, "Who is more important to the Islanders dynasty? Um, Nelson Doubleday, a minor owner or min- a minority owner, or Wally Harris, NHL neither referee? Neither of them. Neither of them. I can tell you who any of those guys were. Who? Nelson Doubleday was insignificant." Uh, Wally Harris was the referee on Bobby Nystrom was offside, but it didn't matter. I, I, I laughed. My brother was not as a Flyers fan, and he always well Bobby Nystrom was offside. That was in this, like early in the second period. I mean, the Islanders are up four to two. If that game was three to two going into the third, the Islanders approach it totally differently. Yes, it's like the same thing when in Game Seven when the Islanders played Tampa and we lost in Amelie Arena or Amelie Center, wherever the hell it's called, and they're up one nothing. They immediately said, well, the Islanders are not a heavy four-check team. The Islanders are a counter-attack type of team. We're not going to go ahead and get, you know, over. We're not going to get stretched. We're not going to try to go ahead and, and play two up the ice. We're going to sit back in our defensive zone and say, here you go, New York Islanders. Try to beat us. Try to score on us with talent. And we do the same shit you do. And we had no chance of doing that. So they played it differently. If it was a tie game, they still would have been playing their style of hockey, just peppering shots on that, having chance after chance. But it was situationally how, how they play based off of what the score is at that time and those are the the really good teams are able to do that they're able to play any style they can alter their style depending on the situation you're right that's what the lightning they got that one nothing lead and they're like you can't score on us and we didn't yeah grumpy next comment here nick b says podcast reminder fire lou lamarillo immediately goon goon says here what do you guys think what do you guys think josh bailey is currently up to I don't think he's part of the cold. You think he still hangs out in the cul-de-sac, Grumpy? I am sure that he gets all the charcoal and he's he runs the whole thing now. It's all over Josh's house. So, Josh, you don't think there's any sour grapes? Okay. Not with uh, the guys. Not with Nick the guys. He said, call in show tonight. No, sorry, Nick. Too late to do that there. But uh, Nick C says here, um, who are your guys' picks for the biggest breakout player and biggest regression by a player? I think we talked. Okay. Who is, I think we kind of talked about what we're expecting. Who do you think has the biggest breakout for a player this year, Grumpy? And who do you think has the biggest regression? Um, God. <laughs> um, shit. <laughs> regression I, I honestly i don't know i expect everyone to do about the same there's i mean it's not like you have you're not going to see a guy who's 30 years old breaking out whoever plays on the first line left wing if it's not anders lee that's going to be my breakout player for the islanders okay um, so if it's Engvall, he'll get a chance if it's hudson fashing whatever it is biggest regression um I think the biggest step forward is going to be taken by Noah Dobson. Okay. I think he takes a big step forward this year. I think if he's paired with Pellick, I think you see what he can really do. And I think the biggest step backward, I'm going to say, oh, I was going to say say he's going to come from an unlikely candidate, Kyle Palmieri. Oh, Kyle Palmieri. Well, he only played this many games, but look at the point production. Yeah. Okay. We'll just wait. Or maybe it's going to be Brock Nelson. I think it's going to be Brock Nelson. It could be. I love Brock Nelson. But And here's the thing. Even if he had a real down year last year, I st- I, he still has done way more than what his contract was. Even if he has a down year this year coming up, let's say he only has 50 points, I'm not really going to be too down on it. Well, I probably will because, you know, I like to bag on him. But probably not. But, uh, you know, I don't know. For down year, I want to say Scott Mayfield maybe. I, I don't think he was he still a had such a bad year last year. You think he's going to get much worse? I 
I don't know. It could. He's a guy who plays a physical style. He's not a great skater. You know, when guys like that hit the wall, they hit the wall. Maybe he's one of those. Does Pellick take even a further step back? Does Pulak take a further step back? I don't know. I mean, for progression, it has to be somebody who's young. You're not going to get some type of progression out of an older player. JP Grumpy Man says, John Tonelli is in the, is in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Is he a legit Hall of Famer? Yeah, I'll say yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, Rick Roma said, dog days of summer are here. Good luck putting a podcast together, gents. Rick, Rick I know maybe, I don't know if you were here last summer. We will we'll have plenty to talk about. We will. That's why the TJ and the Grumpy Old Man show is so great. We don't have to worry about trying to steal other people's ideas or comments or like anything like that. Trust me. We think about Islanders way too frequently. <laughs> and, I mean, you know, sometimes we talk about the Islanders sometimes. And we'll talk about other people's comments too sometimes yeah. and other people's thoughts. But it's like we don't need to, hey, what's going But, yeah, it's we, we'll find. We'll definitely find a way. But thanks, Rick. We'll, we'll find a way. We'll produce, um, we'll produce content. Uh, Mikey D, Grumpy. I've narrowed down Phil's biggest enemies. Kyle Dubas, Josh Bailey, uh, Alex Lafreniere, Chris Drury, and TJ. I'm glad I've made the list. <laughs> JP, grumpy old man. The greasy jet was my favorite Islander, but I'm not so sure he's Hall of Fame worthy. Um, Anthony Rizzi, grumpy old man. Maybe you have some guests on who can talk about our prospects, whatever ones we have, LOL. We will. August 5th. I hope it's not August 5th. Hold on. No, maybe it's August 5th. August 5th, Nicole Sherman will be back on the show. So August 5th, Nicole will be on. I'm trying to get everything lined up here for the summer. Summer months here and guests on and everything like that. You know, we, we need to have, you know, the old, I, we like to get all the friends and of the show on and, and people who've been on in the past to talk Islanders. So Nicole, I think is August the 5th. So not this Saturday coming up, but the Saturday after she'll be on. And there's no, um, it's not true that Nicole rates her prospects based on hair color and eye color. It's not true. Okay, Grumpy. Here you go. Uh, Doug Blonde R. Hair, blue eyes. Doug R. says, let's talk about the trade deadline. What can we sell off? Nothing. Nothing. We have nothing. Uh, okay. Oliver Wallstrom, Noah Dobson, Alex Romanoff. That's it. That's all we have who's movable on this team. Um, yeah, well, I, we're not. No one else. Deadline. No I'm, one else. I can promise you, we're going to be buying at this year's deadline. Unfortunately, um, more buying. Uh, goon goon grumpy. Do you think Phil's facts wears button up collared shirts, even in the dog days of summer? Yes, he wears them asleep as well. I heard. Yes, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Saturday, even though maybe they probably went to the park or they did something, he was wearing his button up shirt. Rick Rowe, my grumpy old man. Islanders are in on Nylander and Backlund, just like they were in on Debrinket. Um, <laughs> yes. Islanders being used like always. They're not in on anyone. Mikey D. Grumpy. And I'm going to I'm gonna use the restroom real quick, but you'll know where the spot is right there okay. in the comments. I'll be right back. I think our division's top teams are set, but with some questions. Carolina, nothing. New Jersey, does the D or the goalies hurt them? I don't think so. The Rangers, do they still have the consistent low-effort nights with Laviolette now? No. They don't. They'll be better. Range, range is going to be better. Um, and that's a team. Okay, who can step up? How about Lafreniere and, and Kako? They you saw you saw light from those guys. The light went on for those guys at the end of the year. Range is going to be better. So anyone who thinks that we're beating out the Rangers, you're mistaken. 
Nick Canetta says, do you guys think the lines will be um do you think the lines do you guys think the lines will be compared to what they should be? Okay. You can include players on the AHL level that you think should get a shot. No one is getting a shot. No one is getting a shot. This team's set in stone. The only thing is who takes Parise's spot? Is it Wallstrom or is it Holmstrom? That's it. That was the only questions. Uh, Scott Levy says, good evening. Hello, Scott. JP says, I have ice hockey training videos that uh, really are no joke inspiring. Kids are doing things skill-wise, and I wouldn't have dreamed of when I was playing ice hockey in Long Island in the 80s and the 90s. They do have some phenomenal drill uh, drill videos. They absolutely do. It's usually, I mean, you have to have talent, but drive is the most important thing. Rick Romer says, top three in the Metro Devils, Canes, Islanders, your thoughts? Islanders, no way Islanders top three. Islanders, no way. No freaking way. Sorry, Rick. Mikey D says, expectations are another year of misery and watching the Islanders fan base twist everything and stay in denial. That's, I want to say that's probably pretty good. Drew says, I think TJ needs to go golfing more so he can be accustomed to looking professional for both podcasts. That's not a bad idea. I've seen him swing a golf club, though. Watch out. Dugar says, I'd be excited about this year if we had a different GM, different head coach, and a younger and faster players. That's a total overhaul, Doug, and I think that's what we're all looking forward to. Anthony Rizzi says, I agree with Grumpy. No chance we make the playoffs this year. The question is, how bad can we be? I really want us to be very bad so owners tell Lou to break it down and change the core. They need to get rid of Lou. I think they believe in him too much. This team has been honestly – the time that we had a chance to maybe make a real push for the Stanley Cup was the offseason after we lost to Tampa Bay in the semifinals the first time. That was a time, okay, let's load up. We see what we know what Tampa is. What do we need to do to combat them? Bringing in Andy Green and uh, Zach Parise and Zidane Chara was not the answer. Bringing those type of players, not the answer. Um, JP says, ugh, the core. David Sean McDonald. Well, I think after a long summer without hockey, once it starts, I'm sure we'll all be excited until 20 to 30 games in, and then we're throwing in the towel. We have a lot of people giving up early. That's cool. No problem there. Matthew S. says, good evening, gents. Definitely blah sports, but the U.S. ladies starting the World Cup play. Blah. I can't even watch women's soccer. It's horrible. If you watch men's soccer, it's horrible. Nick Canetta says, what – a player deserves to be called up for first from Bridgeport. My pick's Ishikov. Uh, he should have been given a chance last year. I'm really interested to see how his game can transition to the NHL. I just don't think the Islanders are going to give him a shot. I, I just don't. I think he should, but I don't think that he will. I just I have no faith in that organization bringing him up to play. He doesn't fit what they do. Mikey D says, we're not finishing top three in the division. Laugh my ass off. You can hate the Rangers all you want and downplay them, but you can't ignore, even without Laviolette and Wheeler additions, they're still better than us. Wheeler's going to be good for them. Yes. Anyone who says it, Phil, anyone who says that Wheeler is not a good player, they're just deluding themselves. Yeah, I I, I think he's a guy that, for the price that you paid for him, that's fantastic. Like, I I wonder what people were thinking about Zach Parise who had moved from, he was playing in a top six role, played a little bit of a hissy fit. They moved into a bottom six. They freaking cut his ass, and he was available as a free agent for anybody. 
He signed on a vet minimum deal here with us. Did we say, I mean, I'm sure people could have been saying at that time period, is he a locker room? We were talking about it. Is it a locker room problem? The guy got kicked. Good. I didn't say locker room problem. I just didn't think he had any more 37, 36, 7, 37 years old. Sure. Yeah. But obviously. Wheeler can play. Wheeler can play. He's going to be beneficial to them. JP says, doesn't matter that the Islanders throw in the towel. I refuse to let them waste my love for hockey. Yeah, it's it's like the same thing. Like if you're a fan of a team that just always is on the treadmill of mediocrity, you're kind of like you you want the team to be good. You're gonna will the team to be good, but it's disappointing. And you get your hopes up, you want it to be good. There are gonna be time there are gonna be times next year where we're saying, Holy shit, maybe we were wrong. I'll be honest, at the beginning of last year, uh -uh. I remember asking when the when the team was off to a hot stretch, I'm like, Maybe we're wrong. Maybe the team's a lot better than what we thought. I didn't say that. I was Okay, here's the thing. I think it's right and just to ask the question if it looks like your statement can be wrong. And we asked that question. Now on the show, we you know we still stood with our thought process, but I definitely asked the question off the show. I'm sticking to myself. Okay, were we wrong? And we were not. So you know, uh, JP says I'll be watching ice hockey one way or the other. I watch. I watch the damn Q if I have to. <laughs> uh, the Quebec Major Juniors, but Scott L, grumpy old man. Since not much news is out there. What is your all-time starting lineup minus the cup players like Bossy, Trottier, Potvin, Smith, Gillies, etc.? Well, you would have to tell me exactly which players are left out. But let's say, uh, hmm. So no cup players. Is that what we're saying? So no cup players. I would say Turgeon, Lafontaine, John Tavares. Okay. Um, defensively, Kenny Janssen, um, shit, goaltending. Oh, so one, hold on, one defense, but not just one defense when we're looking at here? Oh, geez, I, it's tough. It's, it's tough. I was about to say, it's tough, too, because you look at our defense, but outside the Malakov was good. Yeah, it's like you look at it, and you think to yourself, I'm like, oh, are we talking about, like, the Travis Hamannicks, like, where guys are like, uh, they, they contributed, but I'm like, I don't know. It's tough. It healthy. Sure. Ziggy Palfi is another one, absolutely. Um, Anthony Rizzi says, uh, training camp, the only thing I'll be looking for is how Wally, Maggio, William DeFore, and other youngsters look. I know they won't be uh, on the NHL roster, but I'm very curious about their development. Sure, that's something also to be kind of excited about and saying, okay, how does Maggio look? How does William DeFore look? Is his skating taking a step forward? Is it stagnant? You know, What does that look like? And how does Maggio look, who is getting a lot of pub and hype there? From his season last in the OHL, that's that's a good thing to be excited about, Anthony. Sure, DeFore should DeFore should be working on his stride every single day. Every day, his training should speed, power, explosion. Every freaking day. acceleration. I'm talking about. I'm not even fucking with you right now. It's got to be at least an hour and a half, two hours. That's what. That's his entire off season. All the other shit's fucking gravy. You've got to learn how to skate better. Every if you're looking at an off-season schedule, you got seven days. You got to be six days at least on. You get one day off in off-season. Two hours every single one of those days should be power explosion and ability to turn, ability to control on your skates. So you're talking about every single week, twelve hours a week at least needs to be dedicated to that. The things that William DeFore is really good at are God-given. His his shot, his sure. quick release. And uh, his hockey sense. I think he's got really good hockey sense for a winger. Skating. 
skating, 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 and more skating. He needs to be a better skater. That's it. If that kid could skate, even on a, at an at an maybe slightly below NHL standard, He'll he can play NHL. in the league because yep. he does everything else better. He's really good with the puck on his on his stick. He really is. You can't teach instincts. You just can't. No. You can help improve them, but you can't teach it as well as well as you'd like. You have it or you don't. Drell says here, um, if you have to look for training camp to be the only bright spots for your team, that's pretty depressing. But hey, that's what Lou does. Yeah. Sure. My little brownie says, honestly, while the current team isn't a cup final team, these last few years have been way better than the crappy John Tavares years. Okay, but that shouldn't be the goal. For a lot of fans, hey, I'm happy the way the team is now. I'm not. Yep. And the whole thing is it didn't have to be here. It didn't have to be like this. We could have transitioned and got a team that was better, more talented, a team that could contend for a cup, but they decided just, nope, we're just going to ride this one into the ground. Hmm. Nick C. Grumpy. You guys think Durando makes the team. I think our two extra forwards this year will end up being Durando and Gauthier. Ross will uh, will be waived because of his cap hit. They can just send him down to the minors if they want. Well, that's what they mean by wave. That you got to wave him first, just because of the way his stuff is done. So I just I don't think I, I don't. It does does it matter if it's Durando and Gauthier? They're never going to play. They're going to be a healthy scratch. I don't Huff. think. I don't think for Durando's development, it's good to say, "Hey, we're just going to have you as a healthy scratch for the entirety of the year." All right, Hudson Fashing is playing. He's playing every game as he should. You got the fourth line. They're we, all going to play. We talked about it. It's either going to be Hudson Fashing or it's going to be Simon Holmstrom. Right, Simon Holmstrom or Hudson Fashing is going to be a healthy scratch because right, Engvall is going to play. You've got Oliver Wallstrom back. He's not going to sit. So we have the same exact forward group back minus Zach Parise, but we added Oliver Wallstrom back. At the end of last year, Simon Holmstrom was sitting, and so was Josh Bailey. So you're going to have Simon Holmstrom or Hudson. I don't think Hudson Fashion is going to sit. It's probably going to be Simon Holmstrom or somebody else based off of who is the flavor right now, and maybe Guthier. So Durando will not be up in the NHL. It's going to be those two guys are your healthy scratches or those are your extra skaters. I would maybe Ross Johnson. Who knows? If it was me, I would send Holmstrom down. He's got to play every single night. Unless you're just saying, hey, at 21 years old, this is what he is. He's just a bottom a fill in guy. He's just a fill in guy. <laughs> how, I, I how mean, depressing would that be? It would be depressing. Gauthier, he's used to playing that type of, you know, fourth line, sitting out. He's a veteran, more of a veteran than Holmstrom is. I want those guys getting extra time playing in the A. Yeah. And I Hudson Fashing needs to play every night. Sorry. Um, George P said, I must have missed it. Where were all of Lou's hockey trades today? Well, I think he's talking about Pittsburgh maybe making a deal for Carlson. I call that a hockey trade. Um, Rick Roma says, Lou locked up Engvald. That's for you, TJ. Thank you. Engvald for seven years, and you guys are still complaining. There's no pleasing spoiled Islander fans. Hold on. Are you excited about are you Rick? Are you excited about Engvald? Engvald being locked up for seven years? That's the worst signing there was. I, I just we're not locking up top tier players for seven years. We did that with Sorokin, right? I'm not compl- I like the Sorokin signing. I, I like that type of stuff. But for Engvald. The guy's been, I mean, best case scenario, he's a middle six guy. 
On a good team, he's bottom six. On Toronto, he's a bottom six guy. On a good team with a good forward group, he's a bottom six guy, third or fourth liner. I'm not, like, if you, it's the same shit with Casey Zizekas. We did not celebrate when we gave Casey Zizekas a six-year contract. Why the hell would we celebrate a guy who was on the bottom, bottom six, getting a freaking six- or seven-year deal? It doesn't make sense. You can get cheap guys that replace those guys all the time. You could siphon through your bottom six, so you don't have to give them long, bloated contracts. They're a dime a dozen. A dime a dozen. You can find your Hudson Fashings every single offseason. That's what those guys, there are professional scouts who get paid to identify guys just like Hudson Fashing and to determine, can this guy play? And guess what? Hudson Fashing is making a third of what, or less than a third of what Pierre Pierre Engvall is making for a fraction of the amount of term. That's that's what it is. Pierre Engvall's agent, he must have been doing cartwheels when he said seven years times three. He's like, man, this is the, sign it now. (laughs) <laughs> sign it sign it yesterday get your get it down there get it done i mean 7 years for a ham and egger like Engel, there he it is a ham and egger oh That's what man. he is he's a ham and egger oh man he's just Dugar said here's a guarantee for the season and game 1 and game 3 we will watch a young and fast team i don't even know what our schedule is Hold on, I'll pull it up here. In a second. Maybe we should break it down. We can do that one. Let's break it down. What our record's going to be? Oh no, he said. Oh, Rick almost said. I still. Oh, he was being facetious. I oh, still okay. can't believe Engvall got seven years. It's still hilarious to me. If you wanted to give him two years at three million, I'm fine with that. Okay, but you're. You, what they don't understand. Well, they do understand it. But what fans don't understand is when you're signing Ham and Eggers like this to long term deals, you're stuck with them which means you don't have maneuverability moving forward. Oh, geez, we're going to have Pierre Engvall on this team and uh, Scott Mayfield on this team into, well into their 30s, into their mid and late 30s. There, there's nothing special about those players. The Sabres and the Devils are the uh, game one and game three. Those are two losses. It's early yet in the season. Sometimes guys come out slow. You'd expect a veteran team not to come out slow. Young teams sometimes come out slow. When do um, we play Carolina? Um, our first loss to Carolina this year will be on November 4th. Ah, November 4th. Hey, November let's start 4th. looking at our schedule, looking at the first 10 games. We play the Red Wings. Ooh, the Red Wings. No, we'll beat Red the Red Wings. Wings. I don't think the Red Wings are very good. You like them much better than I do. The what are those 10 games? Um, JP says, uh, who are the Islanders playing in this already game? already broke it down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Goon Goon said, Goon Goon Grumpy. TJ, I don't think you properly discussed the other night what you thought of the film Scarface. Was it a classic or was it as overlooked as Dominic Hasek? Um, I don't think it's here's the thing. It's I never watched it when it originally came out. I watched it many, many years afterwards. I think it's you certainly didn't see so it when many, it came out. You weren't I, even alive. That's what I said. I watched it many years after the release date, and so many movies that I have seen have tried to replicate that. So I feel like I've seen the versions of that before, but I never saw the original and like not seeing the original first. I think kind of it's like when you watch Anchorman, all the jokes are outdated. It's like, okay, that's the first time they did one of those type of movies. It doesn't have the same effect because they never watched it originally. And then you watch it 10 years afterwards and you're like, oh, yeah, not not that big of a hit. I didn't like Scarface that much. It was okay. Nothing right home about in my opinion. I think Scarface was dated. Um, I never thought it was a great movie. I thought it's they okay. were great. I think it's got it's got the rep because there were great lines in it. 
I think that's what's most important. It has the lines and as a cult following like that. But as an overall movie, I think there's 237 F-bombs in it. And just, I don't think it was Al Pacino's best work. I'll just say that. George P. says, the powerless play. Nick C. says, uh, what are your guesses to who we waste our next first-round pick for? Oh. It's not going to be next year. I guarantee you we move that. Oh, no, no. He means who we're going to give up or give or who we're going to go oh, ahead okay. and trade the deadline. No idea. Pick for. Too early yet. Too early yet to tell. Doug R. says, yep, Maybe I'm Ryan going. Reeves. Maybe we trade for Ryan Reeves. Um, Rick Roma, Grumpy. Grumpy old man, did you watch the offer? I did. It's a show about the making the Godfather. Loved it. I enjoyed it as well. Um, Goon Goon says almond butter more than meets the high standard set by peanut butter. You gotta trust me on this. No, okay. I'm not trying almond butter. Goon Goon, I do drink almond milk, sure. A little sweetened almond milk's nice. Um, George P says, rolling my rolling on the floor, laughing out loud. They can bring in Bailey on a PTO. Oh, no, could thanks. you imagine that? No, if they thanks. bring Bailey back, oh. they can't, they can't do it based off like a CBA. They can't do that. Um, Johnny Max says here. I don't have any confidence in management to make any moves to make us better. Um, I do have confidence in whatever moves that are made will destroy our future. Yes, I agree. I'm on that. Johnny Mac, I cannot agree more with that statement. They've been doing it for years. Yep. Need new management. Scott L says for training camp, I'm interested to see how Isaiah George will do. He's another one of those young guys who was drafted in that 2022 draft class. Who's a a, a a good skater of the defenseman, but uh, plays I think for the London Knights in the Ontario Hockey League. Okay, just throwing this out here. You have Pelic, Pulak, Mayfield locked up for at least seven years. Yep. You got Dobson, who's going to get re-upped. You have Romanoff. Romanoff. What? Where's what space do you have for a George and Nodelius? Cali Odelius, Isaiah George. You got maybe a spot for Samuel Bolduke, but yeah, guys, you don't have a lot of spots. I mean, that's what happens when you lock guys up who are 30 years old or close to it to long-term deals. You you don't, there's no room for advancement for your team. A new GM is going to have to come in and move some of those guys out. And you're going to get less value than you should, but they're going to need to do that. I agree. Johnny Mac said, I have more confidence in Auburn football. We'll have eight wins than the Islanders Ooh. will have eighth place. That, wow. I tell you, that's saying something. Um, Rick Roma says, the Islanders prospect pool is a disaster. The only thing Lou has of value is a first-round pick. I'd be shocked if Lou didn't trade another first-round pick at the deadline. Yes, I would be too. We're going to trade that first-round pick away at the deadline. And you know what will be the complete of Lou Lamarillo as the general manager of the Islanders? If you do not make the playoffs this year and you trade away the first round draft pick, that would just have the kiss of death to the franchise for the next decade. He doesn't move guys who are UFAs, just doesn't do it. This year he doesn't have any. He's got Martin and Clutterbuck. Michael uh, Michael M. What's up? He says, so Soros, who outperformed Sorokin in Nashville, made the playoffs, right? Who said Soros? UC Soros? Sorokin. You're talking about two years ago? Two years ago, UC, UC Soros did, but I don't think this last year, Nashville, Nashville didn't make the playoffs last year, so this must have been two years ago. Um, the team down the stretch is why they made the play. No, wrong. Michael, wrong. Michael, no. Wrong. Wrong, wrong, and more wrong. Wrong. Cliff, Cliff Neal, grumpy. Just when I thought he could be more wrong, he proves me right. He is wrong. 
Uh, he proves me wrong again. Thank you. Cliff Neal says, I know where they stand with the cap and the lack of resources, but I can't shake the very uneasy feeling that Lou will make some shuffling moves to bring in Adam Henrique as a left-wing run. I don't oh. want him. It's Lou. He loves those former players. He does. How old is Adam Henrique? Old, man. He is I mean, older now. He's like, I think, like 30-something, isn't he? All right. If you could bring in Adam Henrique for a fifth-round pick, would you do it? I would. Oh, I, he's thirty-three years old. No, I have stopped giving up. But uh, but how how much years? How many years do you have left on his deal? I think he's got two years left. I would uh, okay. They're in win now mode. They, they're in. If you say a fifth round pick gets you Adam Henrique, I would absolutely do that. I would do that. Adam Henrique, no, he's in the last year of his deal this year. His cap it is five point eight million dollars. So that ain't right, we don't have money for him unless you unless you're getting rid of Sean Gabriel Pacho, it's not happening. Yeah. And that's says, that's the problem. Us picking up anyone else in the offseason, it's like you're gonna have to shed cap, and he hasn't proven he can do that without giving up tons of assets. He's a 33-year-old, and yeah, I, well, maybe if they eat half the contract or something like that, I would I consider it. I would consider it. You need a left wing. Don't have one. Uh, Michael M says, I hope the defense comes back to form next year. It's that simple. I I hope so, too. I just think that may be wishful thinking. Maybe it does. Maybe it does. I will say during the regular season, I thought this was one of the worst regular seasons I've seen in recent memory for both Adam Pellick and Ryan Pulak. I thought they were both underwhelming in the regular season. I thought Mayfield took a step back. I thought that, again, we tried to play one system. That we tried to move into the current style NHL, couldn't do it. We went back to the trot style and we saw our goals completely dry up. Our power play looked awful. It just yikes. So, maybe just maybe just they got fat, dumb, and happy with those big long-term deals. Like a lot of players. Also, I, now here's the thing. I did I have never mentioned that yet. It does I do think about it occasionally. Now, for those guys, I've never had a reason to think that they're those type of guys, but they could be. I don't know. Um and uh here we go. Um, Drew says here, as long as we finish 10th to 12th by January, Lou will absolutely buy. We need to really stink it up in order for him to make a move. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to one-up this. I want our team. I want. I do want Lou Lamarillo to buy at the deadline, but us not to make the postseason because I think that's I, – I don't think – I don't know how you can keep your job if you don't make the postseason two out of the last three years and you've bought at every deadline. Or you bought it at two of the deadlines. I don't know how you can keep your job like that. We're continually trading away first round picks. If you only make the playoffs one out of the last three years and you just came off a time period where it was Stanley Cup or bust, general manager has to go. The sooner Lou Lamarillo is shoot out of the door, the better. I think that's the better, the best for the franchise. If you want to know how you can keep your job, you got to be a GM of the New York Islanders. Oh God. Look at how long Snow was here and Milbury was here. Not I mean, think about it. Doesn't matter how they perform. Um, Michael M says if Noah Dobson can even be average defensively next year, they're not going to need Ilya Sorokin at 120%. He was average defensively last year. I, I encourage you to watch guys like Eric Carlson, Kale McCarr, guys who play Ryan Ellis, guys who play Shane Goss' bear. There are a lot of people who play zero defense in the league or all offense, and there are a lot of guys who play zero offense and are all defense. Noah Dobson's one of those guys in the middle who has a touch of offense and has a touch of defense. It's the fact where you think Noah Dobson looks bad is because the Islanders are so pathetic offensively and they're always in their defensive zone. 
if they had the puck like most teams, attacking, attacking, attacking in the offensive zone, he looks a lot better. Yeah. Sure. Yep. I agree with you. He's not going to be – you're not going to be pinned in your own zone. He's not Scott Stevens back there. He's just not. Never yep. will be. I agree. Um, Jeffrey W. says here, Lou really cares about what? I have no I have idea. No idea. A broken door says. You know, see, that's that's a Rodney Dangerfield thing. Lou really cares about what? I have no idea. Nixie grumpy. It might just be me, but I feel Lee should play the third line. Correct. Give Wally a shot at the first line. You got to give Engvall, Nelson, Palmieri some run to see if they can keep that chemistry. I want somebody who can skate on the first line with Barzell. Period. Need somebody who could skate. JP, grumpy old man. At this point, it doesn't shock me if Lou trades the first overall pick for Noel Akari. Boy, they. Doug R., grumpy old man. Does Lou trade the 2024 first-round pick before or after the season starts? It'll be after. After, absolutely. Um, Michael M. says, watch any highlight, highlight reel. Number eight is in every big save. I'm, I'm going to go out and just say You know it. who's on every big goal? Number six and number three. <laughs> they were terrible last year. Terrible. Oh, Rick Rowe, my grumpy. Lou's definitely Ooh. trading away that pick. Absolutely. He's being paid $8.25 million a year. He's not putting up a nine a nine two zero. He's not earning his contract. So Shesterkin, like when he gets those contracts, if he's putting up like a nine sixteen, he's not earning the contract. Then I, you know, there's a lot of guys who make. I wonder how many goalies really quickly make over that eight. I gotta look that up. How many goalies Terry make over Price, that eight? Bobrovsky. Uh, Vasilevsky. You got some guys who make pretty good coin. Okay. If Vasilevsky makes 9.5, John Gibson. Oh, John Gibson only makes 6.4. I got hold on. I got to pull this up here for 2024. Date here. I mean, I don't know how many guys make Sorokin's money, but you can he's argue the that pay, he's the fourth highest paid goalie in the NHL. There you go. So I, I named the other three. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, again, like, you know, I don't know what Vasilevsky did last year, but he certainly didn't earn that contract. And neither did guys like Carey Price. Bobrovsky maybe did in the postseason. In the postseason, but not in the regular season, he didn't. Sure. Yep. He he hasn't earned that. So, again, like, I'm just big, big point is goalies have up and down years. Yeah. And most goalies do, unless you're a Hall of Famer. Doug R., grumpy old man. Both Clutterbuck and Martin are UFAs after the year. After this year, I will lose my shit if Lou resigns to either one of them. There's no way they should be resigned. <laughs> um, uh, wait. Contract start years or contract starts year after. Um, I don't expect some big drop off. I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know either. Any team TJ has an average save percentage is going to do worse. No, no. I, I, here's the thing: at a nine sixteen or a nine nineteen, that's not average of a save percentage in the NHL. It's just not. It's still well above average. But you know, I'm just to to continually expect that our goalie is going to post like top three numbers every single season. I don't know. Goalies could happen. Sure, it could happen. But and if it does, Sorokin's a Hall of Famer. It has a higher probability of happening um, than us making the playoffs. I agree with that. Um, Drew says he'll cause um, he will because he's a right in the middle ground. If mediocre Rick Roma says in fairness to Shesterkin, Sorokin plays in a much better system than Shesterkin. I do agree with that. 
Um, the Rangers hung Shesterkin out to dry against New Jersey in the first round, and he was still great. I do agree that defensively in the system that they ran, the Rangers were much more porous on the defensive side of the puck than the Islanders were. We hemorrhaged a lot of chances going our way, but I think the Rangers were a little worse defensively than we were. I agree. Um, Rich Rosencrantz, Grumpy says, Grumpify me. Grumpify me. Somebody will shit, shit the bed in the first half of the year. Who do you think that is? And um, who do you feel is our first call-up? It depends on who your bench forwards are. I think Gauthier will be the first guy to get a shot in the lineup. I don't think he'll start um, on game one, but I think he'll be the first guy to get a shot. And who will be sent down? I, you know what? I'm going to say Wallstrom. Wallstrom will be the first guy sent down? A, a guy who's going to shit the bed the first half of the year. Okay, gotcha. Um, you really think Wall? Uh, no, it's going to be Engvall. If there's a guy who shits the bed, it's Engvall in his role. Okay. And it's, it's the guy who shits the bed. Well, it depends on what your expectations for Engvall are. Mine are, I don't care that he plays Holmstrom's on the second in the lineup. Line. If Holmstrom fires away in the lineup, He'll, He'll be, be the guy who shits the bed. He won't. He won't start. But my guy, if there's an injury, a guy gets a little bit of a nagging injury, and Holmstrom's in the lineup. He'll be the first guy who gets the boot. I, sure. I don't think much of him. Uh, Michael M saying here, just letting you guys know, uh, the Islanders as a team finished top thirteen to fourteen of and five on five goal scoring, league average defensively, um, and the end of the year. Ilya's job got much easier until they ran into Carolina. And, yeah, Carolina missing three of their top six forwards, using a backup goalie, and you still lost. I will say this. I don't know why people are – they cling so much to, oh, well, the five-on-five five goal scoring. As if it, it – I think five-on-five five goal scoring completely diminishes and it overlooks how important a power play is. The, re the reason why our power play consistently finishes bottom half of the NHL. We had the one outlier where it didn't, but consistently we're bottom half of the NHL. And our fans consistently think, oh, well, we're just focused on five on five. You got to look at the whole picture. How many goals are we scoring in general? And that's right. It's how many goals you score, period. Because in the year that we had a good power play, our five on five was down. Yes. I mean, we're just not talented enough. That's it. Come back and talk to me when we're not in the playoffs next year. God gracious. Okay. I just hate being right all the time. I, I just I, – and here's the thing. I'm right about this just like I'm right about just 99% uh, of the things that I talk about. We're not making the playoffs. I if hope I'm wrong. Postseason, if we do make – no, no. I hope – Oh, if we make the postseason, I can guarantee you we're giving up – more draft picks. Our first round pick for this next year is as good as gone. It is. I agree. I just hate that fucking mindset. And especially when we're not good enough to win a Stanley Cup. We're not even close. Drew L. Grumpy. TJ just pulling up the stats and why we should never blame Sorokin for any wrongdoings. Yeah. I, I, you know, here's the thing. Anyone who says that Sorokin's the reason this happened, no. He He's was the best he was Superman. He was Superman all year. He's the best goalie that's ever worn an Islander sweater. I didn't think it closed for a second. Most most talented for certain. I think best. I, I think best is. Uh, I think best and talented are synonymous. You got to win something. Got to win something. Okay, it's. I'm gonna put it like this. Most talented. Like, uh, best. Okay. If you put Sorokin back during that time period when the Islanders won four straight cups, maybe the Islanders won five or six <laughs> on the back of Sorokin. He's that damn good. 
Uh, Drew L says here, Sorokin's jersey will be hung in the rafters for us. Phil's facts will be pissed about that. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes a little bit. Little if he early. Healthy, he absolutely will. Little early. Let's pump the brakes. Little early. I'm going to give Drew the same lecture I give TJ. All of fame, Sorokin. Sorokin's had two full years in the league, right? Where I consider two two years where he's been the de facto starter. Pump the brakes a little bit. Um, Michael M says Barzal deserves a heart for carrying that wet dog shit crap piece of crap Bailey <laughs> surviving a buyout of for three years That's don't true. let tj and grumpy's narrative take away from the fact that every single preseason ranking i've read has the islanders third in the division and top 10 in the offseason decisions okay for all can. the lou critics they are sucking him off hold on oh, hold on i've got now my name one I, i'm sorry you're gonna have to you're gonna have to give me some type of reputable i'm not talking about some islander related thing or michael <laughs> moise's podcast i'm not talking about that or Phil, they don't count. <laughs> I, I just, I'm just gonna, I, I'll take us on a rant. I will pull us up on a Google search. Where, where the preseason rankings aren't even out yet? Read this next comment. I'll pull up one. Just, I'll find one through NHL.com and see where they rank us. Let's see. Go you ahead, Grumpy. Read the next. Do you comment. truly think we can have six twenty goal scorers? No, Andy Francis does. He told us we're gonna have eight. We had three. Um, can we see Paul Mary getting twenty? Maybe yes, if he stays healthy, I think Paul Mary can get and if he could actually play a full season. Horvat, Barzal, maybe Brock, yes, Lee, maybe either Engval, Engval, absolutely freaking not. Wallstrom, that's a must, he's got to score 20. I could see honestly, maybe three or four guys reaching region 20. Maybe we don't score a whole lot. Are we going to play our defense first system the whole year? If so, no way, no way. A lot of these numbers were put up when we were playing more aggressive offensively and attack, attack, attack early in the year. That's when we were scoring more goals. When we went back to the defensive system, everything calmed back down. What system are we going to play? Do we play the Barry Trotz, Lane Lambert system, or do we try to be more creative offensively? I have not opened up any of these. Well, actually, I have opened up this one. I guess this must have been a while ago. The way too early 2023-2024 NHL power rankings. We can pull that one up in June. Okay. Here we go. This one, I would argue, maybe is better, right? Because people are going to say, well, maybe we hadn't signed back the exact same players. Well, other teams hadn't added. I'm just going to pick the most recent one I see. July 13th by The Athletic. Now, here's let's see if we're going to get some excuses as to, oh, well, it's this guy. This is written by The Athletic NHL staff. So more than one person, I assume, has had their um, has had their finger. Oh, look at this. Stanley Cup champion. Oh, that's why I'm picking this Carolina. What do you know about that? Let's let's look where the Islanders lie here on the percentage of vote. Uh, oh, hold on. They're not even in the vote. Okay. Let's there's already, no, there's already two. Already two. Uh... Two teams from the Atlantic are in that mix, and they're the Rangers. And so the there's runners, three. The runners-up are the the Rangers got votes, the Devils got votes, the Carolina Hurricanes got votes. And the Rangers, Rangers too. Dark, Dark horse. horse. Let's see. Uh, well, Pittsburgh. There's Pittsburgh. <laughs> Where are the Islanders? Hold on. We're, I'm just waiting to see what we see. Biggest disappointment. Biggest disappointment. Well, the Islanders aren't on the list. That's good. No. I do think the Bruins have the chance for the biggest disappointment. I, I agree, agree with that. And maybe the uh, the Florida Panthers. So I think they're going to be better in the regular season. And let's see. Uh, President's Trophy winner, best. Oh, looky here. We got two more teams in our division. Uh, three teams in our division receiving votes. Oh, I don't see. I, we're definitely not coming in third based on the athletic, right? Fewest points. Are the Islanders in there? I don't think so. <laughs> First coach fired. 
Wayne Lamberty. There you go. Finally, I'm the Wayne Lamberty. Got a vote for failure. That's good. Like that one. Connor trophy. Well, I like. Okay, who the hell would vote anybody but Connor Bernard? You just voting for somebody. Bernard gets hurt and doesn't play. Yeah. Oh, looky. Here we go. There you go, Sorokin. There you go. There we go. There's Sorokin. There's just Sorokin. Okay. People are saying Sorokin could be Vesna Trophy winner. That's what people pick. Sorokin Vesna Trophy. But the Islanders are nowhere to be seen as a team. What does that tell you about how bad we are? Well, let's continue. I'm interested. Hart Trophy. Okay, it's McDavid. Nope. Um, Nobody there. You Here should go. 100% chance for the Devils. 96.8% chance for the Hurricanes. The Rangers. So just looking at the percentage of chance. There are make- three right there. There's a three teams in our division. Where are the Islanders? Where are the Islanders? Uh, the, oh, oh there, you there you go. That's kind I of just, like what I, I said. I just picked the most recent one I saw on the list. You saw it was the first one that popped up, the Athletic. Tenth. So we're, we're, we're rated fifth in our division. Tenth in the conference is where they have I, us. Now, here's the thing. Making the playoffs is like 30% chance. Tenth. I think that's fair. I honestly, those are my picks right there. Those are my picks. Maybe... Pittsburgh flip-flops with I don't know who. But that's it. I could absolutely see five teams making it out of the Atlantic. Absolutely. And that's the Islanders' biggest problem. We're not coming top three. And I think we're fifth in division. I 100% agree with that. I should ride for the Athletic. <laughs> here's, here's the thing I look at, Grumpy. I, it's This is a whole bunch of people saying yeah, 32, like- 32 freaking beat riders. I don't know if it's a beat writer. It just says the athletic staff. So it could be more than that. could be less. Than, I have no earthly idea. Now, here's the thing. Guy. It's, uh, you know, I, I I reasonably think the best case scenario for the Islanders are fourth. Fourth in the division for us, and we can, make the postseason. Can you pull up the other articles? There's two others, right? Okay. Let's, yeah, I can look at the other two. But this was done. So we've already proven Michael Moisa wrong. Which, now, uh, come on. We knew it, right? We knew he was wrong. But pull the other two up. Now, here's the thing. Number two, the way no, too don't early. even click on it yet. Don't even click on it yet. Everyone was telling me that ESPN knows nothing about hockey. That's what they say. Nothing. Now click on it. Now click on it. Everyone admits ESPN knows nothing about hockey. I think the odds were 10th, which tells me or tells you all you need to know. Everyone says they know nothing. Devils, Avalanche. Stars, Bruins, Carolina Hurricanes, Lightning, Florida Panthers. Yes, the Islanders were 10th. That's right. This was the one where I was like, what the hell? How are the Islanders sitting at 10th? Okay. This doesn't even count. This one doesn't even count because this is prior to free agency. But I'm interested. I, I need to I want to read the 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 thought process behind it. Really? The Islanders have 20 players on the con- the reason why this is the justification as to why we think the Islanders are 10th in the power rankings. It's the reason being is the Islanders have 20 players under contract for next season. General manager Lou Lamarillo would like to bring back Scott Mayfield, Varlamov, and Pierre Engvall, and Zach Parise. Well, he did bring back Scott Mayfield, Varlamov, and Pierre Engvall. Zach Parise retired. If he later chooses not to retire, he's done. He re- he's retired, Zach Parise. Um, the only player that seems like he's out, is on the outs, is forward Josh Bailey, who was on the outs. He was released. Or he was traded away, and then they went ahead and cut him um, and bought him out there. For the, the Blackhawks did. Who was on a who was a playoff scratch? Can this team use its core to create more offense or will it seek goal scoring from elsewhere? Can I answer that question? 
they better pray they can get more scoring from their existing offense because <laughs> they, they can get anything from anywhere else. Okay. So this was even, and everyone's told me, Michael Moise included, ESPN knows nothing about hockey. Seen yeah, in the comments a hundred times. Don't know anything about it. I do like how we're put ahead here. but Oh, and this was just written by one person. Now, this is written by, I have no Lou idea. Lou Lamarillo. Written by Lou Lamarillo. <laughs> Fredo wrote this one. This person, Greg. Greg, uh, this is written by courtesy of Ryan Clark, Kristen Shilton, and Greg. I see a lot of the Greg. Will, I can't even pronounce Wyshynski. that last name. Wyshynski. They're on the Islanders. I, I will I say. You're rifling through it so quick, it's tough for me to pick the name. Wyshynski. 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 I don't know. He's got us here at 10th. Uh, you know, it was before the way too early. And that's before. that's before free agency. I bet you that's the answer is right. different now. Because and now what about CBS it's Another one that's before free agency begins. Oh, okay. So that does that was don't count either. Again, like that's why I tried to just pick the most recent one after free agency was done. Okay, who is number one? Vegas Golden Knights, uh, Oilers are at two, Avalanche oh, at three, stop. Devils at four, Hurricanes at five. Stars at six, Panthers at seven, Bruins at eight, Kings at nine. I will tell you that people are, I think people are over looking at the last few. The Kings are much higher rated than where I think they should be. I think people are way too high on the Los Angeles. I like the Los Angeles Kings, but you're seeing consistently at least two of the three, and I'm not sure what it looked like on the ESPN article, but two of the three have them in the top 10. I'm not sure I buy that for the Kings just quite Just yet. to let you know. There's already three uh, Metro Division teams that have been named in the top 10. And here are the Rangers at 10, the Leafs at 11, Lightning at 12, Sabres at 13, Flames at 14, Kraken 15, Minnesota Wild 16, the Ottawa Senators at 17, the Red Wings at number 18, oh, the Islanders are at 19. They barely snuck into the postseason last year and they lost to the Hurricanes the first this year. This is. If this is not why you don't take any stock in looking at any of these way too early predictions, because they're all just full of shit. I just, okay. I just want There's to read. No that, go ahead. I just want to read what they say about the Islanders. Sure. The Islanders barely stunk into the postseason last year. True. And they lost to the Hurricanes in the first round. Absolutely true. The Islanders will probably be stuck in that position again next year. Lamarillo doesn't have much flexibility with his roster in the offseason, even less now. And a number of key players are approaching or over 30. Can Ilya Sorokin keep the team near the top of the Metro standings on his own? That is it in a freaking nutshell. Yes. That's kind in of, even though that's a way too early prediction, I do agree with the assessment. Now, here's the thing, though. How many this teams is, in the East were there before we got to the Islanders? How many? One. Red Wings. Sanders, two. Buffalo three, Sabres. Four. Lightning. Maple Five, Leaf, Rangers, six, seven, Bruins, eight, Panthers, nine, ten. Devils. The Islanders were eleventh. The Islanders were eleventh in the East. I say tenth. I don't think. I don't think Detroit beats them. I say we're tenth. I think Pittsburgh's better than us too. I don't know where the hell we'll finish up. I will tell you this. I do think best case scenario we're fourth in the division. And that might not be good enough East. for playoffs. Yeah. I don't know. We'll find out. I think the, I mean, like, I, again, it depends on who takes steps back, who takes steps forward. Uh, uh. So now that we have debunked Michael Morse, Morse's ridiculous comment, I feel so much better about today's show. <laughs> oh, man. 
Um, we got off on a tangent. Ah! Uh, part of the reason why he's so successful is the team is in front of him. I do agree that the team in front of him, they did give up a whole bunch of chances early on in the year, but they looked better towards the tail end. I do agree with that, at least with the chances that were conceded. The Islander statistically still didn't completely 180. Yeah, um, I just, I just want to know what happened in the Moisa household. Kim is so smart, and Mike, well, he's no, not. No, Grumpy, come on. I know Grumpy's just messing around. We like Mike. We love Michael. We do, uh, we do like Mike. <laughs> he's, he's just easy. He's, he's, he's easy for me. He's like Phil. Uh, Michael says here. I ask him for facts. They have none. 75 points is what he expects from Matt Barzal and 70 from Horvat is a minimum. Yeah, I don't I, think 70 is a minimum for him. I think 70 is about where he's going to be. I think 70 is the high watermark for, for to, Horvat. They, honestly, they have to be there. Barzal's got to be, for me, 80, 80 yes. plus. And Barzell said, I'm, I'm sorry, Horvat 70. Yes, I can see that. What's up, Jeremy Ford? Been a while, man. First time in a long time. What's up, Jeremy? Hopefully you're doing well. Sezikis would make the first line go. I think he would because he skates hard. He he has a consistent energy on the line, and he's a guy who's not afraid to drive the net. And he, it helps create chances. He has a simple game. He's not afraid to do the give and go. He works well with Matt Barzell, just like Fashing did. Just all they need to do is play off Barzell. We don't have enough guys who do that. We got a bunch of lazy, slugly, slovenly dogs on this team who just aren't capable. He's one of the guys who is. Hudson Fashing, another one. Doug says, who's got a better chance of the wild card? The Islanders of Detroit. Ooh, I don't know, Grumpy. Oh, now that I saw that season prediction, I, I think it might be Detroit, Grumpy. Okay. If Detroit. It's the Islanders. Yeah. I mean, if the Brinkett. Uh, plays like he has in recent years, watch out. I just don't think Detroit's that good. I think I Detroit's better than you think. I think Detroit probably finishes on the outside looking in this year, and I'll, I'll be interested. I'll be interested. Okay. Be interested. That's all I'll say. Um, Scott, or I'm sorry. Ooh, I don't know how I got Scott. Joseph C. said, I saw a piece from the uh, Athletic that rated the Islanders farm system at number, okay, 30 at 32 teams. Thank you. The What's the difference? About how myopic it What's was. the difference? What's the difference between 30 and 32? The hardness and softness of the shit? I mean, that's the difference, right? It's still shit. Stuff, Whether you're getting stuff, anal fissures or not, or fissures stuff, or not. Stuff that's a little bit higher up is probably more dry. But the stuff that's down low, that's like wet. You step on, it's like, oh God, it's in, oh my, it's my, went through my shoe, flip flop on my foot. My shoes, We're not yeah. that bad. It's hard, but you could tell you stepped on. What's that on my foot? Oh God, I got to clean out my shoe. Ugh, I got to throw want. this shoe away. Ugh, let me get rid of this thing. Got to put it in the washing machine after it gets washed. Oh my God, got to put bleach on it or something. Uh, yeah, but. If somebody can link that to me, I was trying to just, I searched it real quick on the plate, but I did see like somebody had sent me a screenshot of that. I was like, holy shit. The Islanders are 30. I think the Penguins are 31st or 30. I don't remember what of There was Bruins, one of the, I think the Bruins are the one of the worst. Maybe, maybe it was the Bruins. Yeah. I, I can't remember who it was, but I'm like, my God, our farm system blows. And I'm like, hey, the here's Bruins, the, thing. the Bruins are going to be where we are now in a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, the Bruins yeah. have a few guys that are really talented that are tied to longer term deals, like your Pasternak, guys like that, like our McAvoy. Yep, uh, like they've got top tier goalies, like either Olmark or Swayman, just like we've got Sorokin. They've got McAvoy, young defenseman, the way we have. They got a lot of players who contribute that are okay. on the wrong side of thirty. McAvoy's better than any defenseman on our team. I agree with that. We they're have the, more defensemen locked up, though. Yeah, they're. De- I mean. But they're in a they're in a similar situation that we are, just like Washington and just like Pittsburgh. We're all in that same boat. Yep. 
Uh, Brian NY says here, is Grumpy going to answer the bars all over? Oh, yeah, he wanted to answer me. It took I, I him did, a while. It just took me a while to get there. Rich Rosencrantz says, sanity in April is that Wallstrom is lighting it up. Okay. Did Parise retire, says Scott? Yeah, Parise's not coming back. He's retired. I, well, I, I'm going to say with a strong degree of confidence, we know he's retired. Okay. We gave we gave up Zach Parise a phone call. Ring, ring, ring. He said he retired. Now, he, he's definitely retired. Um, Michael M. says here, without knowing who the left wing is, 80 to 90 points is a bit much. True. Okay. True. Rick Roma says, I can't believe there are two worse prospect pools than the Islanders at this point. So, points aren't everything, says Michael M. Well, no, points are everything. Points are everything. On your first More, line, they are. They're po- period. Points for the team. Most important thing. Got to make playoffs. Brian NY says, one of them needs to score 40 goals. The other needs to score 35. Ooh. That's a lot. That's a big ass for Matt Barzal. I don't think he's scoring thirty-five points. That's and I like Matt Barzal. Matt Barzal is going to have a lot more points than he's going to have a lot more assists than he will have goals. And do you really think that Bo Horvat's going to score forty? I don't think so. No. I think thirty. I think you put in thirty. Dale S says, "Can we get anything out of Wallstrom?" That's the big question. That is the big question. That's that's all I'm going to say. That's a big question. I hope we do. If you don't, I, I was talking to Grumpy, and I think we said this on the last show. If you don't get anything out of, of Oliver Wallstrom, he's gonna it's gonna be declared him as a bust. You're, yep. you're 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 coming on bust territory real quick. This is the last year for him to produce. Yep. Um Drew L said, Don't mind me. Since there's nothing to talk about in the Islanders, I'm just gonna listen to the whole thing without chiming in the comments. Whilst playing Nintendo Switch Sports Golf. There it is. Jake Grumpy, Jake K. Look at there. Wow. Jake's got the family. Okay. I know TJ's going to ask me to read this one. Grumpy, com- Jake's got a comment for you, Grumpy old man. A big long one. It's got your name written all over this one, Grumpy. Long time no speak. Sorry for the late comment, but I am glad that we did not get to brink it. I know I may be in the minority, and I think it sounds like sour grapes, but he does not sound like uh, he doesn't sound like he's a team player. A writer from Ottawa said that he wants to get paid a ton of money on his next contract to the detriment of the team he's playing for. He wants to be the free agent that all teams want. For all doubters out there, ask why the Blackhawks gave up on a 24-year-old. I will say, uh, and now he may have issues in the locker room. I don't know a damn thing about Debrinket at all, at least to that extent, whether he's a locker room cancer. People, I think, easily say locker room cancers. Like they said, oh, Blake Wheeler, locker room cancer. Guys, locker room cancer, locker room cancer. I've said that before in the past, and I've been wrong before in the past. That's, so the, laundry, that's the laundry talking. Those, those are the laundry fans talking. Okay. I don't know whether they're a, I don't know if he's a, uh, a locker room cancer. I will say this. Um, the, the Blackhawks did a lot of questionable things that off season. They gave up on Kirby doc too, who was another young forward. They let Dylan Strom walk for free. Without they even so him. I, like, I don't, I don't know what the Blackhawks did. I don't know why they did it. Um, well, I quite, you know, change. I'll change that. I know why they did it because they wanted the best chance of Connor Bedard and they got Connor Bedard. So I guess maybe it pans out, but like they gave up on Kirby doc too, who I I'm like, didn't get it at the time period. You know what? I have a new nickname for Phil and Mike and guys of that ilk. I'm going to call them the laundry boys. The laundry. <laughs> They're the laundry boys. I like the laminites better, but the laundry the laminites is good. Lou and the laminites. Lou's laundry. laundry laminites. They carry the laundry. Absolutely. If you're on our team, you're the greatest thing ever. If you're not, you suck. Mario says here, Bavillier is playing in the same amount of games in Vancouver as Horvat did with the Islanders, and he outproduced them. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Different system, though. They play a different system. Yeah, and, and I will say this. In Bo Horvat's defense, Anthony Bavilia had better line mates than what Bo Horvat did in that stretch. But I do think that Anthony Bavillier needed a change of scenery, and I do think his production will be better than what it was with the Islanders, no matter what, because I think he needed the change of scenery. He needed a little bit of a different place, and I think that's help. that will help him. And another thing in Bo Horvat's defense – you know, he had a family, so he was really concerned about that move where Anthony Villi just had himself, so he was able to produce. Uh, Doug R says here, uh, Anders Lee needs to go to the fourth line. No, he's a third-line guy. Yeah. He doesn't hustle hard enough for me to be a bottom six guy. It's the unfortunate part. Matthew D says here, hypothetical, if Nylander makes it to free agency, uh, do you pay him seven years, $10-plus million with Toronto? Um it seems like uh, the choice is him or Matthews. No way they trade um, Willie there. Um, we'll, we'll, or, um, going for another playoff push. Uh, going for another playoff push there. Um, what do you say? When is, is he a free agent this offseason? Yeah, next next year. Next year, I'm sorry. The next offseason, the 2024 offseason. Holy crap. Um, we will not have the cap space to do that. And Wasn't if, the question. Wasn't the question. In the hypothetical, if he makes a free agent, we find a way to clear up 11, maybe 12 million in cap space. Absolutely. This team, though, it's going to be continuing to double down I on the don't suck. Care. He's young. It's he's continuing to double down on the no. suck, though, dude. No. He's he's a top level player. We're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. We got our fucking, our dumb general manager locked up a freaking, a freaking, a, a freaking, Above average player having a career year at eight and a half million dollars a year. We're not going to be able to do that. That's if our stupid okay, general manager okay. didn't do it, we could. That, that wasn't the question. The question said, would you do it? The answer is absolutely yes. That said, this is why you don't sign a Pierre Engvall and a Scott Mayfield back. Because there's and a Bo six, Horvat. Well, you make the trade for Horvat, you're going to re-sign him, right? They signed him for too much. But here's the thing: instead of re-signing Varlamov 2.75. Uh Engval 3. That's 5.75. 3.5 for Mayfield. How much is that now? You're at there. 8.5. Okay. 8.5. Instead of signing those three guys back, you don't. You go for low cost options this year, and then you swing for the fences with the Nylander. It's easier to say we've got to clear five million dollars in cap space instead of saying we've got to clear ten million. It doesn't. So, like hypothetically, Matthew, it just doesn't work into the scenario because, like, if we took the cap out, he said hypothetically, but you're asking about the cap. If we're in a situation where cap doesn't matter, sure, throw a hundred billion dollars at him a year. I don't give a fuck if the cap doesn't matter. But here's the thing: the cap does matter, and the only players we have coming off the books this next year are Cal Clutterbuck and Matt Martin. This is why. You don't sign guys to long-term extensions. This is why you just let them walk, and you you move up. The, if you had younger players, you just let the younger guys step in. There's no way we should have signed uh, Scott Mayfield back. No way. No way we should have signed Engvall back. Right? You got yourself Oliver Wallstrom ready to step in. He could slide up there. Simon Holmstrom. Simon Holmstrom. You got Hudson Fashing. You got plenty of guys signed to for the deals. You're going to be healthy scratching a first-round pick that you had, no matter what, whether it's Holmstrom, because fashing should not sit. It's why I'll you be on the record. It's why you don't sign Casey back for six years. Yep. This is I keep on saying to people, and they just keep on saying, "Well, it's only a million here, a million." There. No, it's not. It's you keep making the same dumb mistakes by signing veterans over the age of thirty to long-term deals. 
all that shit adds up because then when it comes a time when you can go after a guy like Nylander, you don't have the cash to do it. And then you're crying, well, we don't have cash. We don't have cap space. Because you keep on making the same dumb mistakes over and over. That's why you don't have cap space. It's, it's, really, it's not rocket science. And for the morons in the world, I hate to tell you, the GM is the one who's making all these mistakes. Nobody else but the GM. He keeps on doing it. You want to believe in him? Your team's going to suck until he's dead. I'm just going to put it to you that way. It's going to suck after he's dead, too. Yeah. The hole that he's dug us in, right? He's an 81, 82-year-old guy. They signed him to an extension. Who knows how long of an extension they gave him? And if we don't make the postseason, I don't think we fire our general manager. We should. If Would you don't you make the postseason next year, fucking Lamarillo should have his bags packed and said, get the fuck out of the building. And I don't want to hear from fans, well, he never would have signed here. Well, if he's never going to sign for the Islanders, your team is never going to win anything. Never. If never. You, exactly. Never freaking ever. If you can't get a free agent to go to your team, you're never going to win anything. In the history of your franchise, that is now, the history of our franchise is over 50 years. In the history of your franchise of 50 plus years, is the best free agent you could sign is, P is Andrew Ladd. Yeah. The highest name free agent you could sign is Andrew Ladd. You're in trouble. You're in trouble if you take the mindset of, we'll never be able to sign anybody better than Andrew Ladd. That's a problem. Yep. It's a problem. Um, Joseph would you rather have Engvall, Mayfield, and Varlamov, or would you rather have Nylander? I mean, because that's what it comes down to. You could have had Debrinkit too, if you didn't. Did, <laughs> Okay. Anyway, Nylander's a better player than Debrinket. Sure, this is. They're both better players than Bo Horvat. They would. Okay, Nylander would probably put up a hundred plus points with with Matt Barzal, right? Yeah, I think they'd be one in one A for best players on the team. That line would hum. They'd be. I think both of them would be around ninety to hundred point a year guys. If you had William Nylander, it's not going to happen, but they would. Tell me, you wouldn't pay money? I would. Pay money to sit in the stands to watch Nylander, Barzell, and Horvat. I traveled to absolutely. I traveled to UBS Arena to watch them play the first game I've ever. The first game I'd go to at UBS, I would. It would be worth me going, traveling there to buy tickets for a game, than to travel back just to watch them play. It would be yeah. worth it for me. But right now, absolutely. it's not worth it for me to do that. We don't have that level of talent. Mm. We just don't. And you keep on pissing away on just, just cannon fodder, which is what. Engvall, Mayfield, Varlamov, all those guys at their, this stage of their career, so what they are, they're just, they're just, they're just nothings. They're just roster fillers. And you don't have a shot at a knee lander because you don't have the cash. I don't, and the Islanders don't have the cash. Well, why not? Look what they did three years ago. Look what they did two years ago. Look what they, Look did, what they did last four year. years ago. Look what they did five years ago. It's not like we're signing these guys to short deals. We're signing them to seven-plus-year contracts every time we sign guys. That's the problem. You keep on – well, it, well, that doesn't matter. The cap's going to go – sorry, it's not. The Islanders are projected to have $5 million in cap space with the cap going up next year with two guys coming off the books. you got to move somebody. It, here's the thing. They just don't – Lamarillo, not they, Lamarillo does not know how to handle the salary cap. Just doesn't. Doesn't just care doesn't. to either. Doesn't care to learn. What's up, Pony Bird Curtis? He says, boys, I know Bailey didn't play the last quarter of the season, so I didn't feel like he was on the team. But can we take a moment and actually seriously consider this is the first year Bailey's not been on the roster since 2008. Happy wow. days are here again. <laughs> 15 years. He sucks. 
Michael Davis says, um, they were meaningless games for Bavillier, Bo Horvat without Barzal was playing a shutdown role. Oh, oh, he played on the first freaking line. I don't, I, I don't buy him playing a shutdown role, playing on the first line, playing on the first power play unit. That's not playing a shutdown role. I mean, uh, how many bottom line, yeah, bottom it, line, Bavillier had more points than Horvat. He had better line mates than Horvat at that time, which we said to defend Bo Horvat. Bo Horvat was not playing defensive role. He was not playing the third line shutdown role. He was still asked to put up points. That was what he was being asked to do. McCormick said, do you think if Bodie Wild got the vax, does he have an NHL career? Yes. Probably not. Yes. Probably not. Yes. I think so? Yes. Yes. He has a shot. He has a shot. Okay, a shot in an NHL career is different. I think he, he has a shot. Sure. If he was on another team, he'd have a shot. On this team, absolutely not. Well, here's the thing I will mention too. He'd ha- he'd be playing in the A. Some teams, because they don't sign back 30-year-old defensemen to seven-year contracts, they have available spots open for defensemen. The Islanders, we don't have available spots open on our roster for defensemen. On this team, no. If he's on another team, sure. I think maybe he has a chance. But what do I think about his career? Uh, you know, I I think the move to Europe certainly did not help his development. And I think the relationship between him and the organization was completely soured. We talked about the psyche that young players have. Some players have mental fortitude and some young men don't. Some young men need to learn how to become professionals. And occasionally you've got to treat them with kid gloves. Just what you got to do. I've never been a big fan of just treating everybody the same and saying, hey, sink or swim. Some guys really are a diamond that's in the rough and you've got to treat them the right way in order to get the maximum production from them. He didn't get the vaccination. He was banished. Yes. They banished him. They sent him to Sweden where it didn't pan out. They banished him. They don't they don't care about him. Let him cut him. Get cut him off your why even keep him? Because that's that old bastard, that fucking vindictive old piece of shit says, you know what? I'm gonna punish you. I'm gonna make sure you don't have a career. Same thing they did with Josh Hosang. Same thing they did with Kiefer Bell. Bellow. Same, Same shit. things. If you don't like the player, if you don't, and here's the thing, he know he knows if they're going to be part of the team or not. If you yes. don't think they are, get rid of them, cut them loose. We're renouncing our rights. Go somewhere else. He's a vindictive piece of shit who runs out the string on these guys so they have no shot of going anywhere. The else. same thing's going to happen with Robin Sallow. Same, same thing. exact shit. Same thing. Robin Sallow never had a legitimate shot. I don't believe in the roster gets a few games here or there got the first four games of the season which was the penalty the pit the pettance or the pettance that they made sebastian aho pay for having the dui in sweden where he blew that 0.01 percent that they were very specific on and they didn't like that robin sallow said that bridgeport's not very nice of an area they didn't like that he said that and they said we're gonna make you fucking pay for that Bellows, hey, we're going to make you pay for using steroids. We're going to make you pay for using performance-enhancing drugs. Hey, Josh Hosing's got some stuff to work on that we haven't seen yet. Everybody's we haven't seen it, but we're going to let him work on it. But f- what? And it's just it's the biggest load of shit when it comes to him. I, I I don't like how he handles player relations. I don't because some players, I wouldn't have an issue if he treated everybody like that. Like if he treated everybody with a like with the piece of shit mentality, it'd be different. But because some people are part of the cul-de-sac crew and others aren't determines how you get treated. That shit always pisses me off, depending on, hey, where you were when we came in and what your perception is around the league. That's going to determine how we treat you. Never been a big fan. We don't have any superstars to be doing shit like that. He's too busy ball gargling on the freaking overpriced vets on this damn team. 
Sure. Michael D said Barzal needs hit 90 plus points and play 20, 25 minutes a night. Take control of the game every night. No excuses. Horvat's got to be an 85 point guy, 80 point guy, 35 plus goals. Um, he should not be on a reasonable standard for him. I will say Bo Horvat will not have 55 or 45 assists. No way in hell. You're going to be disappointed. That's yes. not happening. Um, how high were the expectations for Gerald Diddick? Just as high as for Josh Bailey. Drew says, dang it, Grumpy. I was going to do the seafood joke. Ah, oh, there it is. Um, Put of a Curtis says, is Alex Kalorn to Anaheim the biggest overpay of the offseason? I'll say close to it. If not, the, if not, yes, maybe certainly top five, right? Certainly Here's the thing. Five. The teams like that that are in the rebuild mode, they can overpay the shit out of a player like that. As long as you don't give them a lot of term, they can overpay the shit out of a player like that because when the team starts getting competitive, he'll be off the books. When your team's trying to compete and you overpay players, it gets magnified. What are they looking for? What's what's Veteran leadership to help bring the young guys and teach them how to be professionals. Alex Klorn has won Stanley Cups. He knows what it's like to be a winner. They're trying to change the mentality in the room. He was, so, he was voted one of the worst signings. Um, but also, just to let you know, so was Miles Wood, so was Mayfield and Engvall. Um, so, yeah, it was all veterans getting ridiculous term and ridiculous money. I think Cologne was four years. JP, JP says, Captain Lou Albano used to joke about being on the very disciplined seafood diet. There it is. Uh, Doug R says, any idea how season ticket sales are going? Oh, no. <laughs> I got to look that up. Matthew D. For me, this season hinges on coaching playing guys in the correct positions to succeed to power play units at 22 to 25 percent top 10 penalty kill unit we should be okay big ask with no info on who's on the bench besides lane though i i i don't see any of that being something that's going to happen maybe maybe a top 10 penalty kill unit because the best penalty kill is your goalie i don't see us being 22 to 25 percent on the penalty on power play was this grumpy? I don't get what this means. Doug. Imagine how slow we'll be on the outdoor ice. Oh shit, that's right. Because we're playing one of the games outside. Oh, Against God. the Rangers, I think again. Yeah, that's right. Stadium series. Goon goon. Why did Gordonine always have a confused looking expression on his face? Or also like he was trying to squeeze out a fart. I don't know. I didn't look at his face that close. Um Ari 45 said, to be fair, Washington won a cup following that process. Which I assume it's more of like the defensive centric. You look know. who they had on their team. <laughs> I was about to say they've got They're loaded with Hall of Fame players. I was about to say I'd say one, if not two, guaranteed Hall of Famers. Right? I don't know. Do you think Nick Masher makes the Hall of Fame? Absolutely. See, Absolutely. I thought so too. I think he might not be a first ballot guy, but I think over time Nick Bastrom gets in. And first depending on what John guy. Carlson does, John Carlson might make the Hall of Fame too. Who's Netsov? Wilson. I don't think Kuznetsov makes a Hall of Fame. Wilson doesn't uh, okay. make a Hall of Fame. I'm talking about Hall of Famers. Okay, all right. Kuznetsov obviously is a guaranteed Hall of Famer. Okay. I think probably Backstrom does. They had a lot of top-tier players. I think a lot of really good players. Kuznetsov is a really good player. Tom Wilson's a really good player. I think John Carlson, depending on how long he plays, has a chance to be a Hall of Famer, too. They, they were really, really talented. They were President's Trophy winners for how many years in a row? They couldn't beat Pittsburgh. Too much talent, and Barry Trotz was not able to, and that was his biggest problem. He was never able to uh, make adjustments come playoff time. He's a one-trick pony. That's what he is. 
Nick Backstrom, just to give you career numbers, has a, a career 1,032 points in 1,097 games played. Absolutely. He'll be a guy that's, I think, going to make the Hall of Fame. I mean, he's won a cup. I think that helps. Um, yep. You know, I, I think it does help. Rick Roma says, I'm pretty sure Lou's son was in charge of the, the Devils affiliate no, um, as well when they were off for years. He, he was... He was a little bit, but he left to come to the Islanders before Lou did. After he left, they had to move the franchise somewhere else. Once I think I think it was once Lou was out in in, in Jersey, he went to the Islanders. He went to Bridgeport, and and Dad then went to uh, Dad went to Toronto. So I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. No, I think I think the year before he left, he got the job with the Islanders. The year before Lou started there. Loser Lou chant. There you go. Loser Lou kind of fits. That's kind of fit. Loser Lou. Yeah. (laughs) JP Coffee. The last time we had an assistant GM that was great and coveted by the rest of the year and spoke highly uh, and spoken highly of by Tory and just let everyone else was Jim uh, uh, Devolano. Gosh, damn it. Who Ilyich hired Mm -hmm. for Detroit. Absolutely. And he was there. He was great for years and years and years there. Looking at John Carlson's number as a defenseman, how many points do you think John Carlson? He's played 927 games. How many points do you think John Carlson has as a defenseman? 5.50? I think he's a guy, if he plays until he's mid to late 30s, he makes the Hall of Fame. If you've got a defenseman out there with 800-plus points and this, and he, mind you, John Carlson's no slouch on the defensive side yeah. of the puck either. You're going to make the Hall of Fame. I think John Carlson, Nick Backstrom, and Alexander Ovechkin are all probably Hall of Fame caliber players at this point. I'd say safe that if things go right for them, they will. I mean, um, goalies don't necessarily get in the Hall of Fame, but I mean, Holpe was really good for them too. Holpe won't make the Hall of Fame just because yeah. afterwards it was not. He just tailed off really quick. Okay. Um, Grumpy, next time on here from Swamp Box 29. Well, I decide to leave if the fans start to chant bye bye Beaky. Bye bye Beaky is pretty good. Bye bye Beaky. No, bye bye Beaky. No, how about this? Bye Beaky. No, 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 no. Something like that. I like bye bye Beaky. Oh, that's a bye bye Beaky. The bye bye Beaky is pretty good. Dude, could you imagine how enraged he would get? He probably wouldn't even. Well, I'm sure he, he would know. It. Trust me. That that listen to this show, he knows. The Lamanites would let him know. The Lamanites who work in his in. I I have to think that Lou runs everything with such an iron fist that everybody he employs, everybody underneath him who speaks to him is a Lamanite. And everyone has a lot of two way conversation that goes on in those streets. Everyone need to wear a bye bye Beaky shirt, dude. Th- that could be the next shirt. Beaky the buzzard says bye bye Beaky. Bye bye Beaky. Oh, oh shit. Bye bye Beaky. Okay. Okay, the cul-de-sac crew and bye-bye Beaky. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And there's another one that I've been talking about for three years. I don't even know. I got to look. I don't even know if her store is still operational. I got to pull it up to see if it is. I haven't logged on to a store in over a year, Grumpy, so I got to look to see. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, Anthony Rizzi says, this ownership is nuts. Have you seen the prices for tickets this year? They are insane. No, I have not. What do the ticket prices look like? I'm interested. Um, here's the thing. Just wait until the middle of the season where you could just buy them off like StubHub or SeatGeek and you get them at like a fraction of the price. Uh, JP says here, I was alluding to your intro music that you did, um, intro music much earlier. Oh, gotcha. It was free. That's why. Yeah, it was. No, no, it was not free. It's not free. I had to originally pay for a subscription to that to make sure it was non-copyright sound. Um, 
Joseph C says here, I never understood running it back even when you win a title. It especially doesn't make sense when you barely make the playoffs. True. Yes. Yes, Joseph. 100% agree with you. Um, they'll be selling tickets on the dark web by the time December hits like last year. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, the problem is, Mikey D, it's an exaggeration of what Phil is saying. Blake Wheeler isn't that good. Okay, Michael. But Mike, Okay, would you take... Here's the thing. I look at Blake Wheeler very similar to the way I look at Zach Parise. They're both guys that were towards the tail end of their career, took close to vet minimum contracts to come play in a role. And Blake Wheeler's playing a top six role for the, the Rangers. Zach Parise was playing a bottom six role for us. If Blake Wheeler signed for the Islanders, the Laundry Boys would be saying that's a great signing. The Laundry Boys. I like that. The Laundry Boys. Oh, man. Uh, JP Grumpy. Gerald Diddick was a solid defenseman, Goon. Too bad his only year going to the finals is 94 with the Canucks. Oh, hey, uh, just to let you know, Flex Crew, he said, five-star review as always, Grumpy. Oh, there it is. Thank you, Flex Crew. Um, and then Rick Roma, Grumpy. I know you guys hate Jari, and rightly so, but the Pengs D, Penguins D was totally lost last year, and they had Graves and maybe Carlson. That doesn't help the defensive woes. Not sold on Pittsburgh yet. If Pittsburgh gets Eric Carlson, they make the playoffs. Period. If they get him, they make the playoffs. And Latang said he'd already take a secondary role. You know what? That's what leaders do. Hold on. Who said he'd take a second role? Latang. See, I don't I'm think that he, you know, Carolina is supposedly hot for him. That didn't work in San Jose when they were both there because Britt Burns and Carlson both lead dogs. I don't know how that works there, but Pittsburgh, it absolutely works. You got one guy who's willing to defer. What does it say about Chris Letang? What does it Hang say about him? Leader. Leader in the room. You talk about guys Thank who are leader. Much. Hey, when, when Zach Parise was faced with the same exact obstacle, he was not happy and toe in the line when they said, you're going to play a bottom six role, pitch himself a little fit. Now, well, here's the thing. When he came here, all was forgiven. All was good. Right. But, he, and that was, was good. Humbled. He conformed. He was humbled, and he had to accept. And to, to Parisi's credit, he did. Yes. Some people, as soon as they, they're a little bit more conscious, conscience, uh, conscious ugh, about the situation they're in, and some it does take a little bit of a while to, to kind of figure out where they actually are and to have that realistic conversation of what they what their current role is. Damn. But ye right to pop says Ishikov is a player. The grumpy old man is blind on Ishikov. Not true. Not true. I think the Islanders don't think much of him. I agree. I, with the Islanders shot. Think much of him. I just I just think at his size, he's not what they he's not what they use. They don't if, use guys like that. If let's say they have 10 games in the preseason and he plays all 10 and he comes out there and puts up 15 points, he still he'll be make. starting off the year in Bridgeport. Yep. He can average over a point a game in preseason, look like a god out there on the ice. He's still going to start off the year in Bridgeport. It's just the unfortunate thing of we sign too many guys and give them too much term so you never have young players that can never make. But that's the model we've run. We don't need to have any sort of prospect pool because we're not going to use any of them because we're giving all these guys seven-year deals. Yeah, I didn't say that's what I would do. I said that's what that's what they're gonna do. Robert Marshall says, I agree, you're right. He's he should have been up last year, uh, the day that Barzi got hurt. Yeah, I think he should get a chance, but he just won't. He won't. It's like the same thing I thought that Robin Sallow should have got more of a chance than he did, but he just didn't. Nope. JP says Nelson Doubleday seriously played a huge role with the Islanders getting uh uh getting picket. Uh, to pony up the dough and put together a rogue ownership group in the summer of 1978. No team without him. Okay. I don't know who the hell 
Nelson Doubleday is. So I'm just going to have to rely he used on to be you. Owner Dave. of the Mets in the Wayback Machine, uh, Jason okay. Larades, uh, uh, Larad, Larady, I don't know. Jason L. Jason L. says, "What do you guys think about the Pajot for DeBrusque trade rumors? Do you think there's any truth to it, or just rumors? Just rumors? Why would Boston do that? Again, put the shoe on the other foot. Test. What's the benefit to trading Jake DeBrusque, who makes less money than uh, JP pa- uh, JG Pajot, and they're right up against the cap themselves? Mm. Yeah, no way Boston trades DeBrusque for Pajot." Not a chance. I was going to say, DeBrusque had one of the best years he's had in years. Now, the thing is, maybe they would have taken that at the beginning of last year. Jake DeBrusque was a guy who had always been underperforming the last two or three years. And then this last year, he came up and played a fantastic year. They're not going to move him. I don't think they're going to move him when they're still looking to compete. I mean, Pajot has three years, $5 million on his cap hit. And DeBrusque has one year at four. He's 26 years old. Why would, uh, why would, uh, why would Boston do that? He played sixty-four games last year and had fifty points with twenty-seven goals. He had a career high in points and the least amount of games he had ever played in a year, besides the COVID season. COVID season out, sixty-four games, fifty points, seemed to really uh, plus twenty-six. The entire team was fantastic last year, plus twenty-six. Uh, you know, he had a great year. And look I at mean, it. You look at for the people who love the even strength numbers. He had 21 even strength goals and 14 even strength assists. It wasn't like he was loading and padding up the stats all on uh, power play points. And he's four years younger than Pajot. Yep. Yep. Here's the thing. If a guy like that gets a free agency, somebody will overpay for him, depending on how he does. I'm going to go out on a limb and say a guy like him who had the he's coming off the best year of his career. He's going to put forward maximum effort to try to get a huge deal and as a free agent. That's that's what most guys do. So um, Drew L. says here, gasp, TJ, don't say no adoption. You're going to make the Lamanites so angry. The Lamanites. I like it. Michael N. says, Nicole is great. We love Nicole. We love her. Um, Helen Yeller said, we need Phil Castle. Didn't he? Ret- isn't he retired? No, I think he's still playing. Okay. Um, yeah, so he can't get another contract till he's late 20s. Yes, the Jake. Uh, Grumpy TJ, what's up? How you guys doing? Doing well, Helen. Hopefully, you're doing well also. Boys, do you think Ollie Walterson is happy with his qualifying offer? Absolutely not. We talked about that last show. I couldn't imagine that. Mm-mm. He's making less money than healthy scratch Ross Johnston. I can't imagine Ollie Walterson's too happy. Me neither. Doug R says Anders first game of the year in the beauty league. One, one goal and two assists. He's a beast. Why are the Islanders playing in this ridiculous league? I don't get why they do that shit. I don't think any professional player does that. Anders Lee should just, you know what? He should be chasing around chickens in the backyard like Rocky did to get faster before fighting Apollo Creed the second time. He should be on private ice every fucking day doing his own shit training with somebody specific a specific training with him every fucking day he should be doing it. and he should be in the gym where he's working with a specific trainer by himself every single day that's what the offseason's for not to be screwing around playing in fucking beer league hockey which is the beauty league uh, your job is to improve your craft your job is to improve your skills 
by playing, you're going to have 82 games and all these practice scenarios today. You should be, hey, gotcha. My shot was off last year. How do I get that better? I need to improve my ability to pass. I need to improve my puck battles. You know, you need to be working on shit like that. I need to improve in the dot. I need to improve certain spots like that that are going to translate to a game. The beer league. They're great in the beer league. Is that a shock to anyone? That's where they play in the NHL. Nelson, hey, Nelson had seven points in one of the beauty league games. It's, it's, it's like pond hockey. I, I, I mean, his, who are they playing against? Old men and kids. Stop. I gotta look up the beauty league because it's like the uh, there are quite a few Islanders. There are a few players across the across the U.S. that play in it too. But I'm trying to think who the hell also plays in it because it's like I know like Brock Nelson did. I want to say other players did too. But let me see. Huh. I'm interested now, Grumpy. I'll pull that up, Grumpy. Um, Robert Marshall, Grump. The force skating improved from the beginning of the season until the end. It still wasn't good enough. Not good enough. There's only six teams in the Beauty League. And um, I'll continue here. Joseph C., Grumpy Old Man. I never understood Lou giving such long-term deals. It's not even about the money, just the commitment to those roster spots because of the length of deals. It hamstrings you going forward. If his thing, you offer them short-term deals. If they don't like it, just move on. Okay, thank you. We'll move on because there's always guys out there to sign. Always. Okay, now I've got to show you this. Oh boy, I was not sure how many actual goals are usually scored during these games. So this is a team in Minnesota. They're called Minnesota. They're in the Beauty League, the Beauty Division. Noah Cates, never heard of him. One game, five goals, two assists. Tyler Pitlick. Jackson Cates. I know Tyler Pitlick plays. I want to say he played. Does he play for Buffalo or used to play for Buffalo? I don't know who he plays for. I've heard him though. I'm like, look at the names. How many household names do you see? Mason Langenbrunner. I've heard of him. Ryan Swoboda. You got to scroll. We can't see. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, Pitlick played for St. Louis last year, and he played kind of like a fourth line role. Langenbrunner. Are you sure not thinking of his dad? I I am, but I've I've heard of I've heard of this guy. Jake Livingstone. Never. Name sounds familiar. Ryan Sand or. No, nope. Sandlin. Uh, I mean, like, you're not seeing a lot of household names. Let me put it very simply to Justin you. Justin Braun. I've heard of him. Jared Moe. Hey, Moe. <laughs> what are some so, of the other teams in this? Let's percentage? look. So that, I mean, again, six teams. Let's here look at the, oh, let me go to, I don't want to look at roster. I just want to look at. Goligowski. Goligowski. Is Goligowski still playing in the NHL? No, he's finished. Anders Lee. Anders Lee, yeah! Anders! Look at the team. Elgerstrong. <laughs> look at the. Oh, Grant Mishmash. <laughs> Who else? What would they look like without Grant Mishmash? Alex Goligowski. How does Alex Goligowski look in the NHL? He's old as shit. Ryan Poling. Heard of him. He's another guy. They're all in their 30s. It's like it's a beer league. Goligowski's 37 years old. Holy yeah. shit. And he'll be 38. He'll be 38 in, 10 to, in less than 10 days. I'm surprised he's so not signing him. Maybe Lamarillo is going to sign him. Maybe they'll have uh, Will Francis. Is that Alex, Scott? Is that is home? Is that Ron Francis's kid? No. Okay. Um, Alex Stalock. He used to be a goalie in the NHL. He had a good goals against average of 8.18. Gave up eight eight goals. <laughs> oh, figures man. Andrews Lee's on a team that gets hammered by eight. <laughs> Doesn't it? Just figures. Oh, that's good. He's probably the captain. Well, you know what? Oh, man. So we've noticed there's maybe a 
few names that are household names. Oh, Kiefer Bellows! Yeah! Brady Shea plays on this team. The Beauty League is the best league in all of hockey. Okay. This is better than the NHL. Brady Shea. Look at look at the numbers that Bellows is putting up. Hey, same amount of goals or same amount of points as Anders okay. Lee. This is the best team right here. Brady Shea plays for them. Kiefer Jason Bellows. Zucker. Jason Zucker. Zucker. Yeah. Um. Tyler Vessel, <laughs> Rob Stucker. <laughs> Who's this guy? What's the goalie's name? Casimir I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Kiefer Bellis leads the team in scoring. There's not much defense, so uh, Andrews Lee fits in there too. Let's. I got. We got to look at these last few teams here. The great Kiefer Bellis. Hold on. This team has scored 12 goals in the first game they played. Holy shit. Let's see how many of these names you recognize. Alex Coop Myers. Is that a name that you know? No. Okay. Schmidt, we know Nate Schmidt. Really? Yeah. I did not notice. Okay. This team is not a whole lot of talent, but they got some defense players that Nate Schmidt's pretty good. Okay. Okay. I, I could not recognize a single player in that. Let's look at the last two teams here. Um, Why don't we just go to the roster? Eric Forbert. Eric, Forber. Eric Howla. Eric Howla. I like him. Bobby Brink. He plays Bobby for the, Brink. He yeah. didn't play, but he plays for the Flyers, I think. Um, Middleton. Oh, Dennis Chalosky. He had a tryout with us last year. Yes, he did. That he did. And the last team we're looking at here. All you need to do is. is I don't look at the roster. I don't look at how they've done in the first I don't game. Give a shit how they've done. I do. Hudson Fashing. Oh, how, there okay. Goes. Hudson Fashing. The Islanders have more players than any other team in the NHL that are tied to these rosters. What the fuck? Okay, we don't know that. We don't know that for certain, but it sure seems that way. Okay, starting lineup, Hudson Fashing. You've got here Anders Lee. Who was the other guy we just saw on the list? I don't think they were. I don't think he was an Islander. Guys who had tryouts. Mike Riley. Brock Nelson. Brock Nelson. Jake Getzel on this team. We've got three starting Islanders that are playing in the beer league or the beauty league. My apologies. Jake Gensel plays there too. He's pretty good. Yeah. He had no points the first game. Wow. Uh-oh. Rock Nelson had zero points too. Uh-oh. Bad year. Bad harbinger of things to come. Hudson yeah. Fashing's outscoring Brock Nelson. We need to start worrying, guys. <laughs> oh, man. I like having a good time shooting shit like that. But, um... Boys, what if Horvat turns into Andrew Ladd 2.0? He is going to be Andrew Ladd 2.0. No, he'll be better. At the, end of his, at the end of his contract, he is going to be miserable. Okay. Miserable. You don't think he will? No, I don't. He'll be better than Andrew Ladd was. What about Curtis Grumpy? Boys, uh, what do I have to do to get you to cover street league skateboarding on TJ and the Grumpy Old Man plus Sun X? <clears throat> I, if it could be like more than you've been doing so far. <laughs> oh man i don't know i if you could i don't know if you show us we'll, we'll pull up some videos if you if you give us a link or something like that we'll look it up for certain peter m says here why is holmstrom even a consideration durando gothier um and uh ishikov ishikov are all better because he's loose first the only first round draft pick that he's ever had that's why normal people pierre engvall tj pierre engvald that's right baby uh jp grumpy Honestly, the only reasons I'd be excited at all about watching this product would be if Wallstrom was playing on the first line and Ishikov playing on the second line. Yeah, I just don't see that happening. Amen, I'd be happy about that too. I just don't see it happening. 
JP says, but then again, I believe I have a good shot at getting naked with Claudia Schiffer as the aforementioned something. <laughs> and that Ishikoff and guys oh, like okay. that are going to get chances of room for True, true. Hey, Grumpy. Boys, it's never too late to get into something new. Skateboarding is a real sport. TJ, you could pull up old SLS competitions and you, Grumpy, and Sun X could break down, break it down trying to understand. The guys who stay on the skateboard, guess what? They do better than the guys who fall off. If I if it looks like they did something really cool, be like, wow, that's cool. Is that like Tony Hawk stuff? Yes, Tony Hawk. Okay. DJ's favorite team. Wait, wait, hold on. There was another comment you had up about women's roller derby. Is that was entertaining back yes. in the day. DJ's favorite team, the Red Wings. Good there it is. Um, DJ Grump, have you ever guys been stand-up paddleboarding? No. Uh-uh. I don't go out in water. I can't stand in. The BC Lions beat the Saskatchewan Rough Riders 16 to 6. Oh, man. Is that a Grey Cup game? I don't know. No, it's too early for the Grey Cup. Okay. Um, the Grey Cup doesn't happen until like November, I want to say. It's like the early portion of November. Okay. Um, okay. Let's do this. One last question, Grumpy. We're at a little over two hours and 30 minutes. Last question here from Goon Goon Grumpy. I like the earlier description, the powerless play. Speaking of which, what is Lou going? What is Lou doing to improve it? Do you think is just going to magically fix itself? Is like Sun X replenishing water? Wow, Sun X does not replenish the water. Lou does not fix the power play. There is a similarity there. Holy shit! Okay, my little Ronnie Grubby. Did you see Oppenheimer yet? Yes. Um, very talky, long, three hours long. Uh, they. I'm just gonna say, if I was the family of Louis Strauss. I'd sue for defamation of character. They felt like it was necessary to paint. They tried to make some labyrinth plan where he was plotting against Robert Ottenheimer and was using the forces of the government. It's just not true. What people forget is during the 1950s when uh, McCarthy was there and they had uh, you know, the Russian um, hysteria that they were looking at people who were communists and Oppenheimer had those type of things. As a movie overall, it suffers from a lot of things that Christopher, Christopher Nolan movies suffer from, which is that there's no emotional, real emotional connection with the characters. The female characters were basically afterthoughts. Um, I thought Cillian uh, Murphy was good playing Oppenheimer, but if you're going to give me out of five stars, I'd give it maybe three. Sounds like, said, like three. Cinematically nice, beautifully shot, long and talky. You've expected at least to blow up Japan. We didn't even get that. Uh, Mookie Betzer says, hey, TJ and Grump, um, can you please give a shout out to my son, Eyal? Am I pronouncing that right, Grumpy? Happy birthday, Eyal. It's his 13th birthday and his bar mitzvah is next week. He loves the Islanders and listens to the show at night in bed. Oh, happy birthday, Eyal. Happy birthday. Good luck on your bar of mitzvah next week. We're so happy for you, and congratulations on becoming a man. Now you've got to memorize to read from the tour. You've got to memorize certain things in that in the in the bar mitzvah, right? He's smarter than I am. I can't do that. I was about to say, I, I, I TJ can't even read English. I can't read English, so it's going to be a struggle for me to read another language. Um, happy birthday! That much. <laughs> happy birthday, y'all! Absolutely. Um, and uh, uh, I'm trying to. More here. Um, TJ, do you ever regret staying up all night? Sometimes. 
um, but sometimes okay. not. Better overall career stats than Parise and less games played. You're not giving him. Uh, you're not giving him his just due. I don't know who he's talking about. Probably Blake Wheeler. Oh, yeah, Blake Wheeler's good. Yeah, Jackson T says here um, we can blame Lou all we want, but it's really the owner's faults. They looked at his past and said he's worth re-signing for six years. It's that fault. It's that I fault. don't think they know enough about hockey, or don't care enough. Where this guy's got the rep. And that's why he's there. Okay, let's see here. Um, ooh, Any more personal ones like Eals. I just want to make sure we give shout outs to people. Yes, there. that's what I'm trying to look for real quick here before we. Okay, get I'll on. read this. You can continue looking. I'll read this. Okay. TJ, would you rather have a Jimmy Dean breakfast breakfast sandwich or a strawberry pop tart? Jimmy Dean breakfast sandwich. Not even close. There you go. Good for okay. you, TJ. Here you go. Uh, TJ sent you two leaks. He ignores both. I'm sure Grumpy and TJ will be play, praising Lou um, if he brought another 37 year old who can't skate. I yes, I I, I like. I don't think Blake so. Wheeler. He's talking about with Blake Wheeler. Jeez, oh, he's a better skater than Anders Lee. Yikes! Blake I, Wheeler. Blake. Why do I feel like Blake Wheeler is going to light us up next year? I hope not. From Dallas to Boston, my annual look at teams that improved and declined this offseason. Let's take, I'm interested to take a look at this. Oh, now, I don't know how well. the Islanders could have improved without adding anybody new to the team. I think that's the thing that we looked at last time. It was, um, oh, this is, yes, yes. We broke this down last it time. It was the I game. Think. It was the, uh, just by subtracting, um, Josh Bailey it made us significantly better, which is, yeah, but shit. Josh Bailey wasn't playing for us at the end of the year anyway. So I consider that zero. Yes, I, I we did read this article. We broke down how stupid it was. But if you look at the <laughs> teams, look at the rankings, if, that, yeah, if you yeah. look at the teams ahead of us and immediately after us, Carolina, New Jersey, the Rangers. Anytime you want to sell me on the line of bullshit that Josh Bailey, who played not a single game in la or played, he was benched for the last twenty games of the season, missing Josh Bailey, him leaving, and Zach Parise, who I think was a net positive leaving, is good for the Islanders, and that results in more goals. We we broke it down. We looked at how they looked at the numbers computer. It was a bunch of analytics garbage. We looked at it last time uh, with more with more attention to detail on that one. So if, we won't do it again, but we definitely looked at it last time. If Bailey had been playing a regular shift, okay, but he by the end of the year, I think he played the last game of the year, but he didn't play like the last 10 before that, and he didn't play at all in the playoffs. So he was not on the team at the end of the year. And Michael, we looked at this one last time too. We looked at Jay Fresh and looked at how ridiculous these Jay Fresh. Anyone with a name like that doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. He's just an analytics guy. We looked at where they had like Tampa. Tampa's finishing with 93 points, I guess. Okay. And Detroit's beating out Tampa for a playoff. Buffalo's 84. Okay. I guarantee you Buffalo has more than 84 points. Yes. I, I come on, please. The Islanders are not hitting 100 points. No way in hell are they hitting 100 points. I don't see that as possible. And hey, Jay Fresh has the Kings at 86, finishing 10th in their conference. Yeah, I, I'm not buying that one either. Ugh, you look at how Actually, miserable. 11, uh, yeah, I guess 10th. Yeah, 10th in the conference. I'm like, we've looked, we looked at these rankings last time, and I said this is the exact reason why analytics are. <laughs> flawed thing to look at when you only look at that and the, hey thanks for pulling up thanks for pulling up one from a guy whose name is jay fresh i remember he did like a, oh man just let you guys know you guys were off by nine yeah we looked at it he made his little tweets about it afterwards okay there i like detroit there's no way in hell detroit finishing over tampa no way, no way. Uh, and and here's the thing too the Islanders have added 
no, no one to the roster. We're expecting no a different result with no changes. I don't get it. No and one Detroit, is taking a, mat, a a jump, like a second-year jump, like in the NFL. They're all old guys. Yep. So, yeah, I'm just uh, – I'm not, I'm not too sold on the Jay Fresh guy. He's got – okay, think about it. He's got Tampa Bay having the same amount of points as the Ottawa Senators, who are still selling pieces. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I just, I, I don't think it's a credible, I, you know, when I look at this, I just kind of laugh a bit. Would it surprise you if Ottawa beat out the Islanders? I don't think Ottawa is going to do much. I don't think they're going to. Buffalo, okay. He has Buffalo laughably low, That's laughably low. It's, it's absurd. Buffalo is Buffalo, not going to get worse. No, Buffalo has a legit shot. I, I mean, I don't know if they'll make top four. I don't see them any lower than fifth in their division. And they could, I mean, I think Boston, that's a high for Boston. I just, I mean, I know that's like 15 losses, 15 regulation losses more. But, I mean, if they don't get Bergeron and Krejci back, I could see them taking a tumble down the standings. Yeah. Do, do we really think the Rangers are going to finish below the Islanders this next year? No we talk about this, too. We've talked about this ad nauseum. They've got Taco's going to be better and Lafreniere is going to be better. Those guys are stepping up. Heedle is, is stepping up. Wheeler, I'm just I, I'm all in on the Wheeler train now. Oh man, I do think right. Like I, I could see. Okay, we're not hitting 102 points. It's not happening. 90 not gonna happen. Simple. 88, 90. That's about I think it. I think we're going to be around the 90 zone, low 90s. I don't think that's out of the ordinary to expect. That's too like low. I do like how he's got Winnipeg. He's got Winnipeg sitting with 107 points. Like, come on, please. I, that's why it's like when I saw this, I'm like, my God, I, I, it was laughable. And it's like, it's the reason why it's like when we do that, it's the reason why when we look back on our end of the season predictions, there are things that are way off because it's it's impossible to predict. But there was always going to be good selections, going to be really shitty ones. I knew the Devils. I thought the Devils were making the postseason. That was a good selection for me. There's other teams I was way off on. So I don't know. I don't I don't take much stock in the hey. The Islanders didn't add anybody, but somehow improved their goal differential just because they got rid of a guy who's a healthy scratch. I'm not on board with that. No. No. Um, and let's keep rolling through here, Grumpy. I'm looking for a few more. What's up, Frank? How are you, man? Good to see you, buddy. Um, um, Dan P says here, doesn't Martin and Clutter come off the books next year? They do, but they're the only two people that come off. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, how much money do we have towards the cap um, with the estimated increases? I think it's like five or six is what the estimated amount we'll have towards cap space. Uh, you're talking about next year? Yeah, here you go. Uh, David D says here, hey, fellows, after next season, we'll have 17 million in cap space. No, we no, won't. no. Maybe even it's, seven. It's 4.987 million, almost 5 million. Yeah, and I, I think that's with just player contracts. That's not including the estimated increase in cap. No, that's includes saying the cap goes up to eighty-seven five. No, so, no, no. The cap, the cap. No, no. That's that's what our cap hit would be. The projected cap is higher than that. It's supposed to be like in the nineties, or is it supposed to be? Maybe it's only supposed to be eighty-seven five. I don't know. Eighty-seven five next year, then ninety-two the year after that. Okay, gotcha. Um, hello, right fellows. Now, right now, we are over the cap. Four hundred eighty-six thousand dollars over the cap. Next year, we are as of right now. We are five. I'm going to say five million dollars under the cap. 
next year with the cap being 87.5. This year, it's um, 83.5. And he says, we'll have Matt Martin, who makes 1.5 million. Cal Clutterbuck, who makes what, 2 million? It Come doesn't on. matter. They're, they're not even on the cap for next year. They're not even I'm just on going over who he's got listed here, Grumpy, if you pull back up our page. So if you flip back to it. Sebastian Ajo, Cal Clutterbuck, Matt Martin, Carson Kuhleman. Those are all guys who are UFAs at the uh, end Oliver of Oliver Wallstrom will have another contract to come up. He's an RFA. Do we think that Oliver Wallstrom, if he plays well, he's going to make more than $800,000? They'll still we, lowball him. Sure. But he's still going to make more. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, Grump of TJ or Grump of TJ, if Ladd is the biggest unrestricted free agent signed in the Islanders, then uh, what does that say about the culture change Lou Lamarillo has supposedly brought in? Everyone has short hair now. <laughs> no beards. <laughs> That's a culture change. Sure. Oh, man. Sure. I'll give that to you. Uh, <laughs> Lou Lamarillo served his purpose. Barry Trotz served their purpose. But you know what? You don't keep guys forever. There's there's transition stages. Gerard Gallant served his purpose in Vegas and then with the Rangers. Yep. He's not a guy. I don't feel Gerard Gallant is a guy to put you over the top, but he's a guy who gets you close. Not Mario, a guy who's for you, though. Mario says, what do you make of Lou won't bring them back? Talking about Matt Martin and, and um, Kyle Clutterbuck. I've been asleep. Could you imagine if Lou brought back somehow Kyle Clutterbuck or Matt Martin on one-year deals? I can't see it. I can't see it. Holy shit. He's done a lot of that shit that I can't see. He got hosanged, says Dan P. That's a good one. I always like that one. Um, uh, it is true. It truly is frustrating how petty Lou is playing with these kids' livelihoods. Just I do agree with that. True. It's it is, and I you know what? I hope and I, I hope he will be the freaking nail and get hammered. Right? Sometimes you're the hammer. Sometimes you're the nail. And he's a vindictive hammer. I'll tell you that much. I hope he pays for what he does. That's all I'm going to say. If I was in the ownership group, I'd fire him. And then seven minutes later, I'd fire the son. Both of you gone. You're not going to bring them both in at the same time, Grumpy? Say, hey, I want to talk about what you got. Not at the same time? No, maybe I'd, I'd fire Fredo first. And then Lou would get pissed. And maybe he resigned. Good, because I don't want to pay any more of your contract. Mm. Robert Marshall said, TJ, find the article where Stefan Rosner... Um, was interviewing Bridgeport's new coach, Kowalski. Um, he talks about Ishikoff into four. Remind us next time, Robert. Remind us next time. We will definitely do that there. Um, we can do that with Greg because Greg's going to be on the show next week. Um, I think Jim Cornet and Grumpy could be Cornette. 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 Cornet. Okay, sure. Cornette and Grumpy could be related. You know who Jim Cornette is? No, Grumpy. Is that, a, is, that a, is that something that you should be happy about that comparison or no? Yeah, I like Jim Cornette. He's a legendary uh, wrestling manager. Used to carry a tennis racket. Why did he carry a tennis racket? Because he was his supposedly came from, and I think he actually did come from parents who had money. I think his mother ran a newspaper, something like that. They had money. So he was like a spoiled rich kid. He used to manage wrestlers, and he was a bad guy, of course. All managers are bad guys. That's, that's him. And he hit guys with the tennis racket. Bye bye Beaky. There you go, TJ. That's a new shirt. Yep, there it is. Bye bye Beaky. Oh man, there it is. I don't think we could actually use the Beaky the Buzzard picture though. Uh, We'd have to be creative. Tommy Schroeder said, "TJ, is that a roll of TP 
and a bottle of cologne on the shelf, or is that poopery? <laughs> oh, these are labels. Oh, labels. Labels, and the other one back there is cologne. Yes. Oh, jeez. There it is. So, man, Grumpy, we're two hours and fifty-three minutes in. All I'm right. done. I'm going to get some dinner. Uh, what do you want to say, Grumpy, before we wrap things up? Man? I want to say love and laughter to everyone who listens, and even those who don't. From TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. There it is. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks for the comments. Thanks for, hey, man, it's a dog days of summer. We just love to talk some Islanders hockey. Listen to TJ and the Grumpy Old Man tomorrow night. Tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Mike, Tony Chi says, I'm going to change my name to Mike Hunt. Mike Hunt? Hey. Is there, it, where's <laughs> Mike Hunt? Does anyone know Mike Hunt? <laughs> oh, man. There it is. I uh, made my sincere apology. Oh, man. Oh, man. Um, <clears throat> yes. But uh, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be with you guys live this tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard. Oh, my God. How is this show three hours when there's nothing to talk about with the Islanders? It's easy. You know, here's the thing. As soon as we're about to log off, Phil's, Phil's uh, Bax starts texting, and he says, the Islanders are going to score so many more oh. goals. <laughs> he says, Dom is oh. right. I assume Dom oh. is the Jay Fresh guy. Oh, my gosh. Thanks, Phil. Th thank you. I'm glad I got a laugh right at the end. Thanks, Phil. Phil. And I'm glad that Phil now admits that Detroit's making the postseason and that the Eiserman rebuild uh, has been completed. I'm glad that we're on the same page. Uh, They're going to beat out Tampa. Why do I have a feeling there's a Phil's fax phone call in our future tonight? I just <laughs> there, have a feeling. There might be. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, All right. Neil, man. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be with you guys tomorrow. TJ and Grumpy Man. Wednesday, Greg Prado will be on. The great Greg Prado will be on. We'll be having a great time talking some Islanders hockey, talking some rock and roll, talking about Greg's recent books. I like that. When we talk rock and roll, Grumpy, you know what I do? Sleep. I kick I kick my feet back like that. I rest. I have a great time. It's very, very easy. I do play this. a little air guitar. That's right, Grumpy. Play How's it go? How's it go? I don't know how it goes. The layer guitar. The layer guitar action, Grumpy. Looks like you play an air banjo there. <laughs> oh, ukulele. Brian Richards is happy. Anyway, guys, thank Tiny you so bubbles. much. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you so much, guys. See you guys tomorrow on TJ and the Grumpy Man. We'll also see you guys Wednesday on the Honest Never Said I podcast. Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you again, Grumpy, as always. My pleasure.